The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 109 of the Gold Card Podcast, the Thursday afternoon edition. I don't think we've done this. Oh one before. yeah! So we're doing a little Thursday afternoon edition. Uh, not as uh, not as sleepy on the cast here, but uh, we're all fired up, ready to go. We got a full weekend of the LCS coming up, and I forgot to introduce my co-host because I'm an idiot. Uh, with me today is Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good afternoon, y'all. <laughs> Great start. Great start to the show. We've got Chris Chung at Prime LOL with a new camera? Nah, just a different computer. Uh, a different computer. I was going to say, it looks uh, differently focused. <laughs> yes, I tried to blur out my boring background. I'm here, and yeah, we are fired up. That's why you forget about us, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got John George at the Esports Plug, um, the GOAT. How we doing, everybody? <laughs> That was a hell of a new goats last night, by the way. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was, that was pretty insane. We were talking a little hoops before we got on here tonight. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't watch Wednesday night's games, uh, we won't spoil anything. Just worth checking out. Check them box scores, and you'll know what we're talking about. So, not a whole lot of big picture relevant news topics that I – I mean, maybe there are, and I'm just – not seeing them. Damn on last night. We can go over that real quick. Uh, we well, we'll get to them because they uh, they are on this weekend slate. So we'll touch on that when we get to them. Um, that that was kind of weird, but maybe that's news. But we'll talk about it when we get there. So we're just going to jump right into it. I think um, we got a full slate. So the LPL is now moving to three matches on weekends until the I believe the last week of the season. They're back to two is how they're doing it, just to make the numbers work out that way. So five-match slates on the weekend mornings, which are always a play. I love the five-match slate. Like, I, I don't know about you guys. It's just the, the builds end up being a lot more interesting to me. More games, the better, pretty much. I mean, there's the two-game slates are by far the worst slates, and the more you add, the better it gets. So I, I actually think, like, I know, Josh, you like best-of-ones quite a bit. And uh, But I think when you have five best-of-fives or best-of-threes, it does actually get kind of interesting. Because you can think about like you know who's going to be the two one and and that kind of thing, which is kind of cool. So, all right, um, day by day, Friday. Let me write this down because I'm trying to save time today. Friday we've got uh, LCK. We've got an interesting one to start off with. We've got Hamwa Life Esports minus two seventy against Sandbox plus two hundred two. Sandbox to take a game is at minus one sixty four. So Sandbox, I don't think they've looked bad. They haven't really been getting the wins necessarily, but I don't think they've looked particularly bad. I kind of thought they looked a little better last season at the end of the season, but you don't want to pass too much judgment based on what we've seen so far. But, you know. We feel like maybe the world is down on them a little bit being 0-2 on the season so far. It feels yeah. like it might not be the best time to bet on Hanwha. I mean, uh, not Sandbox, but Hanwha. Yeah. Um, it feels like <sighs> they lost to two of the best three teams in the league. Yeah. Start off O two feels like maybe they might be uh, people might be a little down on them at the moment. You're saying bet against Hanwha? 
No, I think their odds might be might like actually be pretty solid like this is right pretty now, cheap. given oh, that they're O two. Yeah. People might be underestimating them. Seem like they could be all right in DFS too. Yep, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I said it last week. I think on the show. I think Anwar just struggles with teams that are above them. Uh, we've seen it's like a weird because of the like gatekeeper. It was like they are from, LNG, except for yeah. Forget I said that just now. We'll talk about yeah. that in a little bit. Right. Why are we talking about the best team in LPL? Yeah, apparently but like, it, it's weird because like <laughs> Han was like a top tier team that's also a gatekeeper. It's yeah. like I, I don't I haven't seen that. Uh, there's not too much of that around. I don't think. Um, but yeah, it seems like they really struggle with the teams that are like you know pretty clearly better than them, but do well against these teams against them. Honestly. Plus 127 to sweep probably isn't good enough for me to fire on, uh, given how much, how wonky they tend to be in drafts. And they, they honestly, it seems like I rarely see them 2 0 teams, but maybe that could just be selective memory on my part. I don't know. They, um, they, they are sort of volatile. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> just by the nature of how they play, like they're, they're, they're pretty loose, yeah. which is fun, makes them fun to watch, but. You know, the games can get away from them, like, in an instant. So they do tend to just randomly lose games sometimes. So what do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's just at first look into these games. I don't have time to watch the replays, unfortunately. But it, it does seem like the jungle isn't as strong of a match for, for Hanwha. I think that's been sort of uh, something to watch out for. Because last split, they had uh, two different junglers. Yeah. Um, and they both played well in that meta. I don't know mm-hmm. if this shift... That's causing them to not be as good, but again, they played against two of the be- or the better teams so far. So hopefully, a softer schedule will help them get right. Yeah, and they were competitive in a couple of these games, but yeah, like this isn't. We shouldn't be surprised that Hama started the season zero and four. I think that's that's reasonable, right? So, um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to touch on this real quick, like sort of related to the macro concepts I was going to talk about, but. Uh, I kind of went into this season expecting at least the bottom five LCK teams to just be overall better. Whether that ends up shaking out in the standings, I'm not as concerned about. But, like, the actual quality of play overall, I was expecting to be improved. Because, generally speaking, the LCK has actually improved, like, as the year goes on. Like, all the teams get pretty good by the end of summer. I mean, that's pretty much the case in every league. So I was expecting a step up, and for the most part, that's been true. Like, I think Brion's actually been pretty sharp in the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes of games. KT's been dynamite so far. They've been really fun to watch. Sandbox is, you know, kind of treading water for me. I'm, I was kind of expecting a little bit more. Nongshim look a lot better. Um, Afrika even look a little bit better. They're playing a lot different, like, a lot differently than they did during springtime. So, um, yeah, this morning withstanding, I guess, but... <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, so I think that's that's what's kind of scaring me off of this is like Hamwa tend to punt games sometimes, and there's a chance that like the entire bottom half is just slightly gets a slight bump overall, and they're being a little bit underrated. Uh, Hamwa money line's probably good here though, or at least close. That's got to be in consideration. I don't like the sweep as much. I may end up holding off. I do think, like, I like to wait a little bit, on, especially on some of these bigger money lines, especially with what we've seen so far. There's definitely been a lot of upsets so far, Yeah, a lot of teams trying to figure each other out, and I like to wait a little bit into the season before I get on money lines that are too heavy just because, like like we say, you know, maybe if this is, like, 
one of those situations where if the sandbox coaching staff has figured out something about Hanwha and Hanwha hasn't figured out something yeah. about sandbox, then maybe they can just steal a series right here. When we get like more like halfway into the season, then the teams know each other a lot better and it feels like the favorites are going to win more often. Yeah. I, I do think, yeah, like there's, st- this is still the first two weeks. Remember, like there's still that, like that calcifying process that has to happen, right? Like it hasn't, it hasn't occurred yet. And I also think that for what it's worth, th- this is maybe the most volatile meta game we've had in, I would argue a couple of years, honestly, like just in terms of like, a game can just end. An Akali picks up two kills in a, in a Herald skirmish, and it feels like the game's over, right? And we haven't had. I mean, this is what this is what happens in assassin metas, right? Like, do you think it also has to do like? I mean, I've been complaining about it forever, but do we think it also has to do with the fact that there's just a bunch of champions that are clearly better than other champions? Yeah, I, I, like I think that, right that's... now, right now, I think there's a bunch of things that are all compounding on each other to create this like. I don't know, what do they call that when it's just like a, you know, like a full moon or like a witching hour kind of effect, right? Where it's like, so you have all the melee carries in solo lanes, right? Melee carries just by nature are more volatile than ranged carries or like t- even tanks uh, because matchups can get blown up by jungle presence. Matchups tilt severely one side or the other in situations where like someone just outplays someone. Like, everything is amplified in a melee versus melee because... Or in a melee versus range, too. Like, if you're playing, you know, for instance, like, we saw, like... We've seen Akali Jace a fair amount of times, right? If Akali doesn't pick something up or get some jungle help early, she's just going to be pinned to the tower the whole game. And maybe, you know, the team outscales eventually. But for the first, like, 15 minutes or so, she's going to be completely pinned to the tower and you you can be stuck, right? Maybe not the best example. But, like, another, another one would be, like... Um, Think of, like, just, like, melee carry top lane matchups, right? We've seen a lot of these. Uh, Gwen Renekton, um, st- just stuff like that, right? Where when you get behind as a melee character, it's extremely difficult to keep pace. Like, you're just going to fall further and further and further behind. It's just like ganking junglers. It's the same concept, except in lane you have someone literally not letting you last hit, right? So I think you have that angle. You have the melee carries angle. You have the double and triple flex angle that's happening, and there's just a bajillion flex picks right now, which we, we've been saying this for how many years now, that like eventually it's just going to morph into solo lanes, and it, it looks like it really has for the most part. Like There's still that same original structure for the most part, but it's a lot more fluid now, right, between top and mid lane. It's just like, okay, like they all play Lee Sin, they all play Renekton, they all play Set, they all play, like everybody plays everything, and you can get completely blown out in a draft whether like a, a number of different ways I, whether by whether it's a counter pick or just getting more of the good picks the op champions like you like blue side right now seems nuts to me like the win rates don't necessarily like suss that out but blue side feels insane to me because you're going to get like three of these things every single time and then you can just do whatever bot lane or you can play the counter pick from blue side, force them to take flex picks and get a double counter pick by taking like an Ezreal first pick or something like that and not showing anything. So you have that, you have the all the melees, which are highly volatile. You have all the flex picks, which create highly volatile drafts. You have the beginning of number three, you have the beginning of season angle, which is a whole nother thing where some teams just have a bad read to start the season. Some teams are coming off rest. Some teams didn't work on this stuff as much. That's a whole, another volatility thing added in. 
And then all on top of it, anytime assassins are good, it's just more volatile game anyway. So, like, I legitimately think this might be the most volatile meta game we've had since, like, 2018 pre-Worlds, where you had, like, the Mordekaiser Gangplank reworks, and it was just insane, because everything was... You had to ban those two every game, and Gwen is just nuts, and Hex... The other thing is... I didn't even think about this, but Hex Flash is disabled. So, like, <laughs> you have... You're seeing all these weird supports now, so we don't know if, like, there's some teams that are just way, way better once... Because they've been practicing with Hex Flash nonstop. And like, there's just a bajillion variables happening right now. And I, I think, I don't know, I went on this big, huge, long tangent just now, but there's a lot of stuff to unpack, right? Like, anything else? Yeah, you definitely. Like, yeah, I just, I totally agree. And it definitely seems like there's like five or six champions, at least right now, that are so powerful that if they just get a couple kills at the beginning of the game, it doesn't really matter what the matchup is. Like, those yeah. champions are very capable of just completely taking over games, and it doesn't they don't have to be mega-fed. They can just get a couple kills at the yeah. beginning, and suddenly all the team fights just, like, lean so hard to that team. Who's it for you? Like, Gwen, Viego? Gwen, Viego, Akali, Akali feels absurd. Insane, yeah. We haven't seen it as much. But Ezreal feels crazy absurd Ezreal's too with right. the items, with the way his items are building right now. It builds so. too cheap. Yeah, it's it's too cheap and too strong. Yeah, I was gonna say I will say uh, I think that this is a lot of things we're talking about. I think it's a lot more actually amplified in uh, in the West than the East because of the like slight gap in player differential uh, or in terms of skill differential. Like it means that if everyone's playing at a slightly lower level, it's just like. Uh, whenever you play against Yasuo in whatever ELO you're in, mm-hmm. like that gets a little bit fed, then he just takes over the game. That's how it feels like to me, slightly watching the West versus the East. Because like I watched, I forget which game this morning, I think it was F- the FPX series, and they just like didn't ban or pick a colleague, Gwen or Viego until the second phase and still no ban. So 10 bans went by, six picks went by, none of those three champions were touched. And like in the, in the West, you know, all three of those would have been picked up in the first three picks and yeah. or banned. So, uh, kind of interesting to see that. I think it's a little bit more amplified due to the the, the lack, the lack of uh, slight slight lower played or skill level in, in the West. Yeah, um, so that is something to keep an eye on because it's not necessarily the, the same thing as it is in the East. Like obviously, these these champions are very strong, but if you are a very good and well coordinated team, then they all have their weaknesses. Yeah. And I will say too, like even in the West, like we saw, for example, this past week, Broken Blade got like three kills on Viego in like the first 10 minutes and then just did, they did nothing. It's like to John's point, it's like some of these champs feel really strong, but then like these teams in the West sometimes don't know how to use it yeah. uh, necessarily correctly. So it's, it's wild to me because it, it seems like it's, it's weird because it, in some games it looks like you do need to know how to play with this champion on your team. And in other games it looks, it looks like it doesn't matter because the power is just strong enough that it overwhelms everything. Right. Like, so I, I've been trying to figure out, like, it's, I mean, I've been getting crushed betting this season just because, like, I don't, I don't, it seems like some teams just have no solid read on things. And my, my instinct tells me that will begin to, they will solve this equation in the next, like, week or two. Or the patch will change and none of this shit will matter, but I don't think it's going to drastically change the metagame that much the next patch anyway, the patch after maybe, but... I will say one thing, Vince, just to leave you mm-hmm. to simmer on. The the problem with a lot of teams right now in the meta is they're not playing enough Maokai. And, the, and like <laughs> I know I know I've been a Maokai stand, 
but this is actually like I've been doing this in solo queue for a long time. If you play teams that just have infinite dashes, which there's a ton of in the meta, just Akali, Ezreal, Lucian, even Viego has a dash, Gwen has a dash. All of these champions get countered by Maokai point and click stun. Or even like a champion like Vi, yeah, you can Malzahar. imagine her. Malzahar. I'm kind of surprised like, we haven't seen Malzahar champions. or Lissandra. Just like point and yeah. click like you're Lissandra. not anywhere. And like these teams just need to adapt by just playing. And the other thing, good thing about Maokai against specifically like in Akali is like he's just super tanky. He can't get one shot very easily yeah. against her. And he wants to build like Spear Visit. So like I, I'm, I'm waiting to see these teams take that next step of like, okay, here's how we're going to adjust. We don't actually need to be playing these full melee top laners. We can just counter it with a tank and then still play kind of a, a normal two-core composition yeah. if that fits our team style. The better. only challenge with that is, like, specifically, like, Akali and Gwen, you cannot play tanks into them. You just can't. Like, because even, even if you can keep that person locked down, like, they don't care. Like, they'll just, like, drain tank right through it and either ignore you and go dive your back line or the zone just buys enough time. Uh, there's just a whole lot of, uh, I don't even want to call, I mean, power creeps like a whole separate discussion, but it's, it's like, uh, right now it feels almost like season three slash season, like season seven ish worlds where there, there's just a ton of assassins that if it, it feels like it doesn't even matter a lot of the time, like we've seen t- teams with no business winning games against way better teams than them just because somebody's playing like it looks like solo queue with professional play right now which is fun to watch but anyway um just i would say just keep this stuff in mind because right now and this is and admittedly this is a mistake i've made and i'm going to be making adjustments for it is you you really got to trust favorites right now like you it's already the beginning of the season which is you should really 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 trust your favorites if you're going to back them Add all this into the equation, and it's like basically they need to be orders of magnitude better for you to consider that. There's just too many things that can go wrong, so keep that in mind. Speaking of that, getting back to the slate after that 10-minute tangent, which I think was a good one. Um, Genji, minus 500 against Nongshim, plus 336. We'll say Nongshim to take a game is at minus 108. Seems way too heavy-handed for me on, yeah. on Genji's side. They are, they have looked good, but I, I agree. This is a little bit heavy-handed. One thing, I, I don't know, like, I, I touched on this once, and I I will admit I didn't watch, like, every minute of every game, but I really think Gen.G looks just odd when BDD, I know he's pulled out the Azir a couple times. Yeah. They just don't look right when he's on the Viegos, the, 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 the set. I don't know if he played set. I remember watching specifically a Viego game. They just looked like they're approaching everything just very odd. It just doesn't look right, and and so for that reason, I'm I'm definitely a little bit skeptical of them uh, in in this spot. At five, We've five been talking five. a lot about me and me and actually Chris uh, or Emmerich are but we butt heads on this. Like I think they're well positioned, but not because of the champion pools. I think they're well positioned because Genji has always been a team that's just like, oh no, you're gonna do that. We'll just like we'll hard counter it, like and we'll just commit to it. Like they'll do your Renekton into Delis. They'll sell out for early game, like. If it makes sense to, they will do it, which is something I actually like about them. Even if the champions they're doing it with might not be, like, the most optimal thing. Uh, I mean, the other knock is, like, Rascals play, what, like, seven or eight games on Nocturne already? So it's like, oh, this is a little bit weird, but if he's getting it every game, so... Uh, 
and he he feels the opposite. So, like, I think they're well positioned philosophically in this metagame, and his argument, which I actually agree with partially, is specific champions. They're not as they, – they, you're right. They look awkward, right? But gen, they, they've dropped two games. They look pretty good. I do think this is a little bit heavy-handed, though. What do you think, uh, John? Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in any minus 500s at the yeah. moment from anywhere. Uh I'm not necessarily sure that I want Nongshim at plus 336, though. This feels like one I might just sit back on. What have we thought of Gory so far? He's looked pretty good. Him and yeah, Peanut I think he's well pretty good. Yeah, and Peanut's been, I think, better this split than last split uh, for me. Well, it turns out when you have a mid laner. Oh, wait a minute. I, I feel bad. I talk so much shit on Bay. I hope he could... You know what? I hope Bay makes a comeback like next year when he's just incredible. I hope we get like a like a, you know, who was it? Who was the top laner? Smeb. I hope we get a Smeb situation where Smeb was like the worst player in the LCK and came back a year later and he was like a world MVP caliber player. So, um, yeah, this is just, it's probably Gen G win, but it's prohibitive price. I'll, I'll consider Nongshim. I got to think about it some more. Uh, LPL Friday. We've got RNG. All right, LPL is a lot of chalk this week, so we can kind of blow through these. RNG minus three thousand. OMG plus a thousand. We'll say OMG to take a game is plus two forty one. I wish that this game had happened like day two of the season or something. Yeah, because like RNG is the team that I would want to target. Like it, it play it paid really well to target the MSI teams and all yep. the other regions. But, and I would have liked to do it with RNG, but the fact that they're not playing until, you know, what, like two, two and a half weeks into the season or whatever yeah. means they've had plenty of time to scout up on everybody and relax and do all that kind of stuff. So normally I would, if this was a day two game, I would definitely bet OMG in this spot. Um, I think I still might do it anyway, just because 1,062 just seems crazy high. Yeah. But I'm not as confident as I would have been if it was day two of the season. I just... <laughs> I just don't think OMG are that good. Like, I think they're really bad. No, I think they're pretty bad, but, I mean, we've had plenty of this level of upsets already this season. Yeah. I I don't know. Do you guys consider, like, the OMGs and the Rogue Warriors, like, a, a full, like, they are the actual bottom of the barrel? Like, because there's a couple Those of these other teams, teams that are within punching distance where I think, like, okay, like, I could see them just spike a series or a game or something like that. Like... Like, if that held true, we wouldn't have a 2-1 against Invictus OMG victory. Ugh, yeah, I hated true. that day. Hated, but that's <laughs> that's Invictus. Uh, but, yeah, this should be a fa- fairly um, big separation. I, At the end of the day, I think RNG still win, but they haven't played a single game yet on this patch or on this meta. And the they rest, they look like, yeah. it's all scrims. You can only rely on scrims. That doesn't mean it translates well. So for this one, I actually do like the plus 1.5 maybe for OMG. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be playing that. I know it just hasn't worked out for me recently, but I'm probably going to be on that guy, John. I was going to say, I definitely don't think those two teams are like in a bad class of their own. Like I I still think, I think at the end of the season, Ultra Prime is going to be the worst team in the league. And I don't think they've been that good recently. I I think Thunder Talk and Victory 5 are both pretty awful. Like, I definitely don't think that those two teams specifically are, like, way worse than the others. I think Rogue Warriors specifically is worse than everyone. Yeah, I mean, Rogue Warriors hasn't looked very good, but I've had zero level of confidence coming to me from any of those other teams. Victory 5, Thunder Talk, Ultra Prime, 
Uh, and Ultra Prime was weird. Know, they had that, has a win already. So they had that. Ultra Prime had that win again. They beat FPX. They played FPX pretty close in that series, but uh, they haven't looked good really. Besides that, so it's kind of, and that was their opening series. So maybe that's what it was. But yeah, um, this is. I mean, you can't touch RNG in this spot. There's just too many unknowns. Like you don't. You don't have yeah, any idea how they're going to look yeah. coming off this. So, speaking of Ultra Prime. Chris, your team is plus 339 against Sooning, minus 500. Sooning, the sweep's at minus 123. So we've seen, what, two series from Sooning? They went one and one. Would they? They played WE, I think, and... Yes. Invictus. 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 That was a 2-1 against Invictus, I think, right? I'm pretty uh, sure they were like three lopsided games, if I remember correctly. Let's see. They lost to WE and a 2-1... And then... I remember that that was a good series. I thought both teams looked pretty good in that series. The Invictus series, I'm pretty sure they were like three super lopsided games. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a, a just absolute stomps in every game. Um, Invictus two one uh, and Team WE two one. So they were close. They were competitive. Yeah, I think Sooning are just going to be there. They're they're one of the top. I mean, I, this, I I guess big picture in the LPL right now is we had a, a firm. Clear separation top nine last season. LNG, you're making a very strong case that that's no longer the case. I, I didn't want to buy into this, but they just look really, really good right now. I don't know if it's just this passion. If the game changes and they're going to be back to what they were before. I don't know if it's just the beginning of summer, but I, I think at some point, like I mean, I'm I'm giving them respect now. I'm staying out of the way until I see otherwise. Like they I still want to. Oh, no, go ahead. Unre- kind of unrelated, but I just want to really talk shit to the LPL's schedule makers because it's crazy that LNG has played four games and RNG is playing their first today. Yeah, but L- LNG's played four matches and RNG is playing their first. That's absurd. Fix yeah. the schedule. I, I hate I hate seeing one team have no Honestly, information on the other team. I have four matches worth of information on. That's why I was so confident in FPX this morning. Was that they've had literally it was like eight days to they've had eight days in which LNG have played three series to watch this, see what they're doing, have a game plan. I thought they're they FPX didn't play badly this morning. LNG was just out of their they're out of their mind right now. They're just they have the eye of the tiger the at the moment. Best mid lane of all time on their team. So <laughs> Nuguri looked really bad. Yeah, I don't know. this is his yeah, worst series. Just- Joining yeah. the LPL, uh, maybe that very first series we had like the weird teleport stuff going on. I don't know if you guys remember that, but this was this is a pretty rough look for him. That's uh, game for him. Yeah, you have an LNG. Yeah, yeah, we still have an LNG to talk about later. Conversely, Khan this morning looked very nice, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this meta game, man. Like, I don't. I this looks like an easy Sooning two zero. But we've seen Ultra Prime win game. I don't know. This is probably just Sooning last week. I would have liked to get plus money on the Sooning 2-0. I think I'm going to fade off of this one because yeah. I would have liked to see some slightly better odds on Sooning. I think Sooning's going to win and very likely 2-0. Yeah, but... probably. I have to think about this a little bit more. Um, Friday in the LEC, we've got – wait. Yeah, okay, we're good. Uh, SK Gaming plus 142 against Shalka minus 182. Uh, before we do any, – any big picture stuff in the LEC so far? I mean, it's one week. It's not really. Fnatic is like the is going to be like the ultimate uh, rogue warriors team this split 
for sure. Where like you can just bet on them against anyone if you want, if the odds are good enough, and they always have a decent shot of beating them. But you can always just bet on anyone against them because they always have a decent shot of losing. Like they, they just feel like one of those teams this split so far. I actually think they've looked better. As weird as that, as weird as that sounds, like I think they're doing structurally, they're doing a lot of things like more consistently already, and it's only been three games now. Whether that holds up, we'll see. But like I, I think it's worked. I mean, they should have. They should be two and one. The the one game they just completely punted, which I don't think they're a bad team. I think they look solid. I just think the way that they're playing, there's so many skirmishes around the map, and the way that they're playing, that it's just going to make it so that like, if you get one over on them in a tribe rush fight or whatever, you can yeah. just take the game over against them, and vice versa, they can do the same thing to a G two or somebody like that. You know, yo, how funny is it, by the way, that like this was their downfall last season? Was that that's all they could do? Well, was like solo queue on you. And they had the chops, to, like they had the players to do it. Not that they don't have the players to do it now, but like stylistically, last season's fanatic probably would have been kicking ass in this in this meta game right now. So I, I think fanatic are still going to be good. Um, it's just they to me they're going to be probably like in that they're not going to be in the elite tier. I don't think unless things change a lot. But I think they do fundamentally look better so far, even though they haven't picked up all the wins yet. So they just look more like thorough, like they're actually thinking through their opening ten minutes instead of just yoloing everything. So, um, any other big picture stuff for the LEC, Josh? You got you've been slaying it in DFS in the LEC. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing too noticeable about the new additions. I think I mean I think all the teams with new additions had a rough start. Um, so maybe something to keep an eye on that, uh, maybe that's affecting things, but, but yeah, I mean, pretty weird. I think Misfits standing atop the, sitting atop the standings right now, um, would not have guessed that, but Hey, they look, they look pretty decent. It was like John said in the discord, he's like, Hey, you just get seventh place, make absolutely no changes and then become the best team. It's just pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're another team tilt. that was like fanatic last year. Like they're just well suited for playing this way. Like, that was part of my bull thesis on them was like, okay, like this meta game is exactly what I want for Theo and like all these guys, right? Like it, it just makes a lot of sense to me. We'll see if it holds up. Chekolad would be so much better in this, in this meta game than Nuke Duck. Oh my gosh. Sorry, boys. I just, I mean, we're going to get to that is, in a second. Misfits is three and zero because they got a Kali twice and played SK Gaming in the other game. So I, you know, yo, that's, yo, that's by the way, at. by the way, uh, grass the two hours because he actually looked pretty good in his debut, like on yeah, the spur of the dull. moment, like that. That's that's hard to do. So grats to him. <laughs> We're not saying props anymore, by the way. <laughs> All grats. hundred oh, percent the name of the episode, by the way. Uh, that was that was that's been lined up for a while now. Um, so SK plus one forty two against Shalka minus one eighty two. What do you think about Shalka so far? Broken Blade is gonna have a field day in this meta game if the stuff's not getting banned. Fakali and Gwen he looks and all very, this stuff. Very, good. very, very good so far this year. And SK, I predicted SK to be by far the worst team. They had a pretty tough week one. I think I'm happy to take Shalka minus one eighty two, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I'm just scared. That Shalka game where they just did nothing. With the three in Oviego, yeah, I it's very hard for me to want to back a team that does that. Like, I, how do you not win with the three Oviego in like the first ten minutes? I I don't know. It was like they just never gave him attention to the rest of the game, and he just did nothing. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, 
I'm really out on Kire. The random face check level one death against Vitality to just literally lost in the game immediately. Like, and then again, not not enabling the three and Viego. I don't know. It's I'm, just very really. I'm kind of hot and cold on Viego in general because it seems like the most broken, stupid thing ever. And then other times, it's like this thing sucks. Yeah. Like, why are we? I think so. <laughs> like, too. It's so volatile. It, yeah. Man. Like, maybe it is just the nature of the champion, and and maybe uh, I forget who they were playing in that game. Maybe they just played around it really well. I'm gonna pull. This but real quick while you're talking. I think was it was it against Astralis? Uh, maybe. I'm just gonna. Oh, it was against Excel. Excel, the game that they uh, lost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they lost to Excel. Yeah. So like that just. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I don't know what to say. I'm out. I'm out. Any team that's ever lost to Excel, I refuse to bet forever. Speaking of Excel, we've got Med Lions minus four seventeen against Excel plus two ninety. You gotta give that. some credit for the get right after looking absolutely terrible in the first two. So I'll give some some props to Excel for that. But I'd probably bet Excel if they had check a lot. Man, oh man. Yeah, XL looked like the worst team in the league in week one, for sure. Yeah. And I, I did not expect that at all. And even though they didn't go 0-3, they, they probably at least were comparable to SK, if not worse than SK it in just, week one. They looked fucking terrible. Didn't it look like the processing was just slow? You know what I mean when I say that? Like, <clears throat> So I, I like th- that's like my terminology for like when you're like watching a game, the macro velocity of the game you're watching. Like to me, when, when, when teams don't, know how to push things forward, whether that's like, sometimes that doesn't look fast, but it can be like a quick map rotation, getting forward vision. Even if it does, like, I'm not speaking strictly to kills. A game can have extremely high velocity and no kills out of it. Right. Like that can happen. That's just the thing. Right. Um, I know like I, that that's part of what I was saying about the KT, uh, uh, the KT series the other day. Um, was it KT Genji KT Genji, uh, yesterday morning. Part of what was so in- insane about that series was just like the actual like velocity of the game, the amount of things going on was very very fast. When you watch teams that that stall out in mid games with a lead, or uh, that that's really the hallmark of it to me is like if you don't know how to accelerate your lead and 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 really push that snowball downhill, like it just stagnates and that's when you let teams stick around and it's like not a good thing to be in and. That they just looked like that to me. Like they looked like everything was processing super slow. Like it was delayed. It was like lagging. You know what I mean? Like they were like, okay, what do we do next? I guess we'll go do this now. It's like, yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not laying 400 in a best of one in this meta game though. No way. Yeah. No, no way. I'm not. I'm not gonna bet this series for sure. Maybe I don't know, man. Mad Lions. Yeah. Should be really good in this, but I also feel like Mad Lions are the kind of team that'll beat themselves in this kind of thing by getting overzealous, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm down for the XL bet here, and I hate I hate the team. Absolutely hate I'll them, probably take I, the I'm kill spread. It. Yeah, kill spread will probably I'll be probably right take here. the kill spread in this one, because it's going to be like nine and a half, half probably. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's been, that's been another one. There's like no... All of the kill totals, it's like one extreme or the other. There's like almost no middle ground. Like the like <laughs> so looking at averages doesn't do shit right now, so don't. <laughs> it's been... hey, one thing and I know John will appreciate this is uh I wasn't sure where I stood on the is a collie broken debate and then Nuke Duck popped off on a collie. <laughs> and you're just like if Nuke Duck could do it it's <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's so if you don't abuse the facts like I, I know Rogue so Rogue played the Jace against it. Was it Friday? 
It was Friday or Saturday. It was one of the first two games. Sweet. The one that the oh. one that they the game they won. It was like just super. It was a super clean win, right? That's the way you attack it, right? Is you just get so much shit done elsewhere on the map and keeping her pinned down that you don't let her get into these skirmish situations because there's never a skirmish because you have lane prio in two or three lanes and your jungler's just getting stuff uncontested, right? That's how you abuse it. But it's not easy to engineer those kind of situations, especially with so many flex picks right now. It's like you don't know where you're going to have lane prior a lot of the time. So I think she's insanely powerful right now. It feels like Akali is a combination of like getting a buff, but at the same time, people have got uh, played her more and more and more. I, I just noticed like in recent times, the plays I see from Akali's are way more impressive than the plays that I used to see from Akali's yeah. like a year ago, even on the pro on, on the pro stage. It feels like the people, like she got weak and people didn't really know how to play her, and then people learned how to play her, and she also got a buff along the way, yeah. and now they've learned how to play her extremely well, timed with getting a buff, and she's just like. You know, I can't remember what patch it was. I think it was, it was early last season where they 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 chained they reworked her essentially, where they kicked down her base stats, or I think it was like her uh, like they scaled down her gro- early growth stats she, essentially. I think her base health was and they lower. Changed, and they changed the energy regen. Change the well, no, they ner- they nerfed it because before she could just like face roll the keyboard and kill you over, and it didn't you could it didn't matter if you were harassing her, right? So they made it more skill intensive, but in the pro- or that was the theory, right? But in that process, they buffed her E to the point where it's like literally an ultimate by itself. Like the amount of damage, single target damage that thing does, it's like I, I think like rank five in her E does as much damage as like a rank three any ult. I wonder if it's if a Kali E. Or, uh, or, uh, what's the chain? Camille Q2 does more damage. The Cho'Gathel from Camille. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I totally forgot how we got on this. (laughs) Sorry, we're on Rogue Misfits. Uh, Rogue Misfits, Rogue Misfits. Um, Rogue minus 217, Misfits plus 167. Uh, I thought they both looked pretty good in week one. I thought Misfits looked really good in week one. Um, you can't give us some better odds pl- uh, playing up against the best team in the league. Three and zero misfits. You can't give us some better odds books. This team's I, undefeated. They're not. They're going to give me minus two seventeen against an undefeated opponent, arguably the best team in the world, and we're, we're only getting minus two seventeen. I don't like it. Fair enough. I should be getting plus four hundred on Rogue. It's kind of. <laughs> I think it's bettable. I think it's bettable, but it doesn't feel great. Uh, bettable for which side? I think the rogue side's bettable, but it just doesn't feel great. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the opposite end of this, man. And I'm yeah. like the biggest rogue, rogue bull I know. You kind of get you think Misfits just going to roll it through, huh? I, no, I just it think dominate like, playoffs, all sweeps the, everybody. All, no, all the stuff that I talked about earlier in a best of one format. I'm not saying I'm going to back every dog this weekend. But you're but, gonna back every dog this but weekend. But like teams that are competent, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think I think Misfits is is the LEC's immortals, and we're gonna find that out this week. It's weekend, possible. But, but it's we'll certainly see. possible. Fucking immortals! Don't even talk about that shit. <laughs> I do for what it's for what it's worth. I do think this is like pretty close, but I'd probably lean to the Misfits side of it right now. So, uh, go ahead, Chris. 
No, just going to say this is early season misfits. I'm not buying any of this once they get uh, further into the uh, split. We also have to remember this is Patheo on Assassins. It doesn't look good in anything else, in my opinion, anyway. And then we have a patch change coming that will change the whole landscape of the whole game, and they have to figure out how to play mages again. Misfits is going 8-8. Eight and eight. That's You heard it here first. That's their That's their end-of-season record. I'll take the over. <laughs> Vitality plus 102 against Fnatic minus 135 this is probably the most interesting I don't know the, both of these matches look pretty interesting to me on day one I think we saw we saw the the, the coin flipping nature of this team a little bit I think in terms of the yeah. the, the variance that they're going to introduce to these games I mean like I said against Shalka they just won level one because Kira just wanted Face to check. die for some reason uh, and then day two, they were getting smashed by Rogue, came back, put themselves in a, in a spot where it's almost impossible to lose from, and then just massively punted it back to Rogue. Uh, and then that day was a, three, that was a weird game, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then day three, it looked like what they did to Shalka, Misfits did to them pretty much. They just yeah. got ran over all around the map. Uh, had, you know, jung- once Udyr got put a little bit behind and off tempo, and then it was just tar- tough for him to make any plays. Uh, they got leader an early kill, gifted to him, and gave him double boss, and they just didn't do much with it. Uh, I thought that was the biggest mistake of that game. Is they need to, to if they're gonna play to give him the kills there, they gotta just be perma ganking him and, and getting him way ahead. Um, and it didn't feel like they did that. So it felt, team feels a little bit odd uh, in terms of like understanding like their their mid game and decision making a little bit to me. They feel like they're gonna be a little Hanwha esque. Yeah, right, in that like, I think at the end of the day, it's like, all right, these are going to be pretty good players, and they're they're good, and they can win any game, but they can also just beat themselves. So, so who's who gets the revenge narrative? Does self made get it, or does the rest of Fnatic get it because they got yelled at by self made for oh, six, six months, and now they get to like pound them? Who gets the revenge narrative? Because that's that's the most. I think I feel like Whippo. Is gonna just want to put like a fucking beating on self made. Yeah, I feel like that. This is gonna be some real flex time for Whippo. I. It feels like you have to be on a side in this game, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe you do. Like, <sighs> per usual, I'm on the vitality side, but I actually have real non crown shot reasoning for this one. Yeah, like my biggest thing, honestly, is that I don't think Niski is very well suited for this meta game. I think he's well suited to play the defensive champions against what's good. Like a Galio taunt can be very, very, very powerful in the current metagame. But I don't think he's going to be able to counter. And he can probably play a Kali. I think, I think almost anyone uh, in the LC, was... almost anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can, yeah. But I don't think he's going to be a great Diego player. I don't think he's going to be a, a guy that we expect to pull at the Zed. Maybe not even the LeBlanc very much. Stuff like that. He was a good um, LeBlanc player, too. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he's he's good at this stuff. But it's not. I don't think it's his preferred play style, personally. I think he prefers to be on these supportive roaming mid laners rather than the carries type champions and that doesn't mean he can't play it but i think that's kind of how they want to draft is to have that roaming potential and be either playing around uh top lane or bottom lane and to me it just seems like the the leader slt self-made top side they they're really putting a lot of a lot of priority on that top side like we saw we saw them uh completely <laughs> crown shot was getting like totally banned out like he was getting like three four bands against 80 carries and they were still not first rotationing him. Um, that could be his choice, but like it just seems like they're putting a lot of priority. And 
to me, it seems like if you're focusing on those melee carries, they can be a really, really powerful. So we'll think, see, but yeah. I actually think Niski is pretty well positioned. Like he, he's got, he's played a lot of this stuff before. Yeah, I just I don't think he has he has a boatload of games on Zoe and Syndra like for his career, right? But if you look past like his top played champion, like LeBlanc's in his top ten most played. He's got ten pro games on that. He's got eight Irelia, eight on Silas, seven on Akali, seven on Yasuo, five on Kiana. Like he plays this kind of stuff, so I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I'm not really sure where I want to bet. To be honest with you. I, this is a this is a great matchup for me. Yeah. I think these are two teams that are going to be really clear, like really next to each other in the standings at the end of the season. And I, I'm not really sure which one I think is going to end up being better. I want to bet this game because, like you said, it feels like you kind of have to. But I really haven't decided where I want to go yet. Yeah. What was the match last week where it was like you fe- you, were, you were going to feel like an idiot in two weeks anyway? Looking back at G2 it, G two mad. It was G two mad. Yeah, it was G two mad. It's like you felt like you no matter what you side you picked you. If you didn't do anything, you were going to feel like an idiot no matter what you did. So this feels like maybe it could be. Because, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable that Vitality end up just being a Fiesta team and they're not particularly good, but they're good enough to steal games. But it could also be that they're good and they were a valuable spot here. So I don't really know. I'm going to have to think about that one some more. G2 minus 500 against Astralis plus 322. Gotta feel good for us, John. They are playing well. I I kind of like the the whole. Uh, oh, by well, he had a broken hand too, right? Zinzar had a broken hand or something, or broken finger. It was something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, he had that, an injury right? before earlier. Yeah, he reported an injury. It's like, well, oh, that looked impressive how they came back against SK. I love that Trundle pick, by the way. I know I was popping off about that in the Discord. It was such a good spot for it. Zanzar is is a stud that's going to end up on a team that's not Astralis after the split. Yeah, it's, like it's, he's going somewhere else. Yeah, he's I getting think, imported, unless he he's getting imported to NA 150. Oh yeah, yeah, 150 yeah, percent. He's going to be NA. NA teams need Zanzar, dude. NA team, some NA team needs to pick him up. Just Someone is going to look at that and be like, marketing. Exactly. <laughs> they, NA teams need Zanzara. Ooh, what about EG? Can we get rid of Svenskaren? Can we put in a word dude, and get Sven, and get Zanzara over to EG? So, oh my god. He's so good. Zanz is so good, and he's so funny. It's not just one or the other. Like he's actually just good. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Eg Zanzar is my new my new hope and prediction. I would like that a lot. Um, Friday in the LCS, we got Cloud Nine minus three hundred. Eg plus two thirty three. This is the spot. This is Eg Zanzar at Eg for sure. I'm 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 taking EG and I'm I'm gonna hate myself for it, but whatever. Like we just we know the deal. We know the deal with this team. They haven't changed one bit. <laughs> Take them as big underdogs. Fade them as big favorites. If anything, they're probably more like variants heavy now because Danny seems like an eye boy. He seems like a little eye boy yeah. over there. Where some days he's gonna just go off, and then some days he's just gonna Ezreal E into the middle of the enemy team and get killed. Jizuka so, was good last weekend. More. Yeah, he had a good like, he had a good opening weekend. Bro, Jazuke is such an intern. Like, no, <laughs> don't, dude, dude. I know. Dude, All right, this All right. guy ints so hard. It's actually it's hard to watch. I watched the vod of the EGTL game, and EG came back after defending <laughs> a massive elder plus Baron push, and the only reason that. TL got on that push is because Jazuke, his entire team is in the river, in the river by the dragon pit, and he goes up to the entrance to the enemy wolves. 
Why are you there? He's trying to get a flank, And then bro. just gets jumped on by five people and instantly dies. I'm like, how, what is his brain? Like, his brain does trying, not He's trying work. to find a flank, man. No, Guess what? That if that play worked, he would have looked like a genius. Absolutely. There was no chance it ever worked because he would have never had any follow-up. Dude, ever. I'm, I'm telling you, like, <sighs> so disgusting. he feels like the shy of mid lane, doesn't he? A little bit. Did you see the pro view? Apparently his pro view is insane. He's just typing in all chat like, you fucker. Like, he's just <laughs> hitting the other team yeah, in all chat. Like, it's epic. He's it's epic. Uh, I'll give props for that. He's he is – he's something else. Like, I, I mean, there there's times where – just – I'm taking EG here. I'm, I'm, I hate it, but whatever. This is the kind of game that they win yeah. and they're going to lose to, like, FlyQuest the next day or something. Yeah. Who do they play the next day? De- definitely better. Oh, they'll, no, they'll, lo- no, they'll lose to CLG tomorrow on Saturday. yeah. Definitely bet EG here. I just want to make it clear to John and anyone listening to John that Sven Skerritt is not not the worst player on the team right now. It is one million percent Jazuke doing his dumb shit. Whatever you say, bud. FlyQuest plus 272, Liquid minus 400. I feel so bored just looking at this game. I don't know why. Just well, looking at this matchup, it's like terrible. I, I tried to do a write-up on it. I don't know. Team Liquid is off. It's just completely yeah. off. Um, with Even if they... I've, I've listened to Oracle Elixir's uh, pot this morning. They say that it might have to do with some character things with Alfari, but even then, you can see a clear difference in, in how they play, how they prepare, and you have a FlyQuest team that, you know, can win against TSM and come lose against Golden Guardians. I don't know what yeah. the hell to do think about yeah, this exactly. Team. Exactly. That Alfari situation, I gotta say, they kind of made it clear in their in their tweet that like he wasn't gonna be playing for a little bit. But that they, the fact that they added a new academy top laner uh, in the last couple days makes me think that he's just gone. Yeah, which is well, like, they say they say he's on a leave until what was it end of this twenty six. Yeah, they say they said he was gonna be on a leave for a while, but I feel like if it was just like if they thought he was coming back in a week, they would just have the uh, uh fuck, we can't even remember his name, Jenkins. Yeah, they would just have Jenkins play both. play both, I think, if if they thought he was going to be back in a week. So the fact that they added Dokal at Academy, like I don't, I don't think they're going to add him and then fire him like a week and a half from now. Yeah. So it makes me feel that like they're planning on Jenkins this, being in the LTS. This whole situation is really bizarre because like there's a lot of speculation about it and there's a lot of hints given toward supporting a lot of that speculation that being that like this was a blow up, right? This was an internal explosion, right? But I honestly still wouldn't rule out that, like, maybe he's just having a personal issue. Maybe there's, like, a family thing going on. They don't want to disclose any of it, and he just needs to Well, they did say it was an attitude. They said there was attitude problems. Yeah, yeah. I saw that announcement, but, like, it could be stemming from something else. I think he commented on it and said he was having personal issues that he needed to get. He should have taken time off beforehand, but, like, said, I'm going to try and persevere through it and just do it. And then I think that led to stress, and then it sounds like culminated in a blow up. Yeah. I, but my understanding was like the time off was like he's going to take a step away. Like I don't know if that means he's going back to. I think he's from the UK. Yeah. I don't know if that means he's going back there for a couple weeks to just if it's a family issue, meet with family. You know, I I don't know, but it sounded like they were just trying to give him away. Hey, let's take a step away from League of Legends, focus on your personal yeah. life, and then come back when it, you're it ready. Seemed, it seems it seems like they don't want to. They want this to work. Is like the way like the all the press statements that they did sounded, but 
you know, adding an academy player, maybe not necessarily damning that he's not going to be on the team moving forward, but like for the time being, you should probably expect Jenkins, right? Like, can we can we side tangent related to this because of an yeah. argument that I've been having with Wilson? I've been having this argument with Wilson, and he's been clowning me about it in the in the in the chat when we're playing league together. So, how much unprofessionalism? is acceptable for you if you're playing at the highest level of your sport. So, like, Josh, you played, some, what, college football. I'm, you've been around guys that are at like that have gone to the NFL and stuff like that. Let's say you're running an NFL franchise and you have a star player on your team, a real star player. What level of unprofessionalism is acceptable for you from a star player before you're just not – you just don't want to have them on your team even though they're an all-star or whatever? Yeah, I think it's very – I think it's a, the answer to that question is a lot different in eSports than traditional sports. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how you quantify unprofessionalism too much, but like, I don't think, I mean, at at a certain point, like stuff like missing practices should be totally intolerable. Um, so like, you know, skipping workouts should probably be totally intolerable. Yeah. Yeah. But like stuff like that, I think is probably totally intolerable at the, at the highest level. I mean, look, like you're getting paid. So at least there's like fines in place in a lot of cases, like the NFL has a fine for everything you don't do, but but yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge because if you've invested, like they've invested, you know, so much money into this guy, and and he's making bad decisions. Like ultimately, in what I think is one of the most cohesive sports, you have to be able to crack down on that. Or if there's no respect, you guys, I think, I personally think there's too much toxicity allowed in in the league streets, from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking when I was talking about it, it wasn't more about like missing practice. It was like toxicity to teammates and coaches. Because yeah. like when I was talking to him about it, I kind of said. There's a big difference between like, hey guys, we got to get our shit together. Like, we're not fucking rotating correctly. Like, there's a big difference between that and like, you're a little bitch. Yeah. Like, saying something like that to your teammate. And for me, I said if I had a guy on my team that was saying something like that second comment to his teammates, I wouldn't want that person on my team regardless of who they were. And Wilson was like, like, to, like, who was it the other day? Like Donovan Mitchell or somebody like kicked a chair on the sidelines and Wilson messaged me immediately. It was like, guess Donovan Mitchell's off your team. They can't have Donovan Mitchell on your team. He was yelling <laughs> at the coach. And, uh, and so like, I was just interested in what yeah. people thought. Cause like for me, if I heard that kind of comment, like even a couple times from a star player, I, I would be like, I don't care how good you are. Like I just, I will, I'll take somebody else. Yeah. yeah this, it's this, tough, whole top, it's this whole topic's interesting because it's like, Everyone likes to sit, like, think they're on the some more, like moral high ground, and then you're like, you know, you know, nose to the grindstone. Like, if you're in a situation, like, if you're a coach and your job's on the line, you need to start winning some damn games. Are you really going to bench your stud wide receiver just because he's being a diva? Well, that's why people get away with it. I mean, that's why Michael yeah. Jackson decking people in practice, or Michael Jordan's decking <laughs> people in practice. I mean, because people need to win some games. But that, well, yeah, like at what, like, so I guess are you asking more specifically, like, how good do you need to be? Or like what level? Of, you know, <laughs> it's if like weird. Just, if once a game he's just insulting his teammate casually, like is that enough for you? Does it have to be really? Does he have to be cornering him and threatening to beat him up in the locker room? Like what level? For me, I really feel like if I was a, if I was a coach of a team and I had control over this, I would put up with like basically no toxicity. I would yeah. put up with a lot of other things that people don't like before I would put up with that kind of toxicity. That's why anybody. teams like Solo and Hooney. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you because like. In such a mental game, like, it's the same thing in, like, basketball, so it's kind of interesting that Michael Jordan approach worked, but, like, uh, you know, like, and the other thing, too, is you have to know your players and your teammates and your coaches, like, coaching style. Like, you know, like, if 
some people need to get fired up by getting told they're playing like a like a bitch or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that makes people like, hey, oh, okay, I understand. Now let me go out and do my shit. Like, and so like there's certain motivations that make it hard to draw a very very tough line. But yeah, I think that everyone kind of knows a line you don't cross with certain people. And like if you're routinely crossing that line, if, at some point you just got to be, hey, get the fuck out. Like yeah. we don't need you here. I'm fine. Like you know if. Unless we're winning worlds, which we're not doing because you're being a few shit, like then get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think it's it's just hard to say like here's a line in the sand because every situation is different amongst like the actual team yeah. chemistry and how the yeah. players work together. Yeah. And I mean, you have to think about too. There's there's also in a lot of these cases competing egos. Like that's what it sounded like was the case of Fnatic, for example, where uh, even the past two years where we had you know Reckless and Nemesis on one side, it sounded like, and, and Selma and Whipple on the other side. Like, how do you choose a side as a coach, right? You can come in and have a philosophy, but at the end of the day, like the players are going to be the ones making kind of a lot of the decisions. So yeah. it's really tough to set a, a hard line, I think. But yeah, I think one thing that seems to be that, like largely missing in this space is like a big lack of structure and like actual team, like actually being a team. It, it blows my mind that like it's allowed for someone to be like, you're like, you're a fucking bitch and I hate yeah. playing with you and just that's okay. Like, I, I don't know how that's acceptable and i hate to bring it up because i would have been so mad when i was 22 if i said this but i think a big problem with this is that the people in the scene are too young yeah now that i'm in like my mid-30s you know looking back at when i was like 22 i shouldn't have been i should not have been trying to do this kind of job when i was 22 but if you had offered me this job when i was 22 i would have taken it and i would have thought i was really good at it and looking back like 15 years later it would have been there i was not i was not ready to manage this kind of stuff at that there's point. there's like a scaling level of like uh i know in, in in psychology called egocentrism right where it's like like the, it seems like the younger you are the more egocentric you are and it grows out of it once you get perspective but even into your like 20 like they talk about it in terms of like really really young kids like they're they're not aware of their surroundings which is why with a baby you can go like this and you're gone right they talk about it on those kind of base levels like you know instinct levels but even like when you're growing how, how many times have you said, oh, he was young and stupid? Like, that's why that expression exists, right? Like, Yeah, I thought no I was the smartest person at every age. When I was 15, I thought I was smarter than everybody. And then when I was 18, I realized 15-year-old me was stupid, but 18-year-old me was definitely the smartest yeah, person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, every every uh, X years, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a weird situation. Just to reel it back in, just because oh, we're full tangential. That's cool. Just to reel back into this though, like I, Jenkins has looked good. Uh, he's been he's been solid. He was good in academy too, from what I heard. So uh, I don't know. Like maybe this isn't a bad thing. They do look off. I agree with yeah. what Chris was saying. Like they just don't look. They don't look sharp. Like I, I was mentioned earlier with the processing speed, they they just look like they're sluggish. You know, tactical hasn't looked super insane to me. Jensen actually had a pretty good start. Uh, I think Core JJ has looked very good, but I think in the past he's looked like you know, prime LeBron James, and now maybe just looks very, very good, which is still a step back for me, even though he's very, very good. I think we're just seeing some regression amongst specifically Santorin and Tactical, who are both coming off arguably the just best splits seasons. of their lives. Yeah, I think we're just seeing some natural regression. Um, a tactical, I mean, I'm talking about summer for each of those players, last mm-hmm. summer being probably the best splits of the, their respective careers. Uh, I think we're just seeing some some regression there, and this team's going to have a little bit of growing pains, but they're still going to be top three team. I yeah, think. they're they're too talented not to be in that 
conversation for winning the split still. It's like, this is the kind of team where I could see just like limping into playoffs in like fourth place and then just going to finals and probably competing to win it all. So, uh, 400's too much in the current form though. Like, I, I don't want to back FlyQuest here either. I'm probably going to be taking Kill Spread here as well because this, this feels like it's going to be like a, you know, 14 to 7. Likewise, kill spread feels completely reasonable yeah. here. If you can get like an eight and a half or a nine and a half, I think that's pretty good. Um, Immortals plus one sixty nine against TSM minus two thirty three. I know Immortals are like regression candidates for sure, just because they started off so hot. But I also don't want to completely disrespect the fact that they could have just like they've made some amount of improvement as well. I think they look pretty good. TSM, however, right now. They right now TSM is LNG. Like they have maybe I mean obviously compared to the league I think they're better than that. But like inter- relative to the league, I'm saying. But TSM are TSM are your eye of the tiger team in NA right now. Like they just they're just they just they're just on. Like their opening week they looked they looked really really sharp even in you know the game they lost. So, um, I don't know about that. I don't, I think TSM looks solid. But I'm not like I mean they they look better than they looked last split. But I'm not over the moon on TSM right now. I think for sure the best team in the league right now is Hundred Thieves. I don't even think that's like they lost their first game, then they're five and zero since then. Yeah, I think fairly dominant a... victories in most of their games. I think there's reasonable cases for TSM, Hundred Thieves, and Cloud Nine is the best. I'm I'm with you. I think Hundred Thieves look better than everyone else right now. But I think those three teams. You know, a couple hiccups withstanding look look better than everyone else. They put right, a world right class beating on TSM when they played them last yeah, weekend. They did, they did. Um, just worth trying some immortals out here. I don't think I will personally. It's pretty close, I think. Right, like they. I, I'm I'm trying to respect the form a little bit. Oh, 200 ish. I think I'm in on Immortals. If you give me Immortals around the 200, it might get there. People might just throw TSM in parlays and stuff like that, and it could get there by game time. Insanity and Xersei, two guys that we had a lot of hope for that didn't really, like, we weren't super impressed with them in the past, but, like, we knew they were good players and we were expecting good things from them, but we didn't see any huge greatness from them in past seasons. I think they're really showing some greatness so far this season. Yeah. I mean, you kind of saw the big difference when. He took the game. Insanity was out for the game and then came back in. But yeah, he's he's he needs to get on a better team too. He's really really good. Um, I don't know who. Like I don't know where he would go. But um, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Uh, Dignitas minus two seventy eight. Golden Guardians plus one ninety eight. God damn it! I just want to bet against Golden Guardians every single chance I get, but I can't do that in this meta game right now because. Dignitas might be like, no, nah, cool. You can have Gwen and Akali. That's fine. Yeah, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'm <laughs> going to bet Golden Guardians here. Actually, even though I, I totally am on the same page that they're awful, I think like Solo has been all right. I think the the problem with Golden Guardians is their bot lane. Stixa is just absolute garbage, <laughs> and there's just nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about the a fact Blaze that Olive has had a good start, but I also feel like him on Zoe and him not on Zoe is a huge difference. <laughs> Yeah, but Dignitas, I, I don't I don't know if there's any team I'm not taking a plus two hundred against Dignitas. It just I like I just don't think Dignitas is that good, and plus two hundred is a pretty reasonable number for the meta game we're in and how everything's been going. Yeah, I, I mean I'm I do think Dignitas are probably 
I think Dignitas is pretty good, but I'm not backing them at this number. It's just a matter of whether I want Golden Guardians or not. One, go ahead, Josh. You got anything? Yeah, I just give me. I'll take Golden Guardians in this spot. I think. Yeah. One hundred thieves minus three eighty five against CLG plus two sixty four. CLG, all right. So CLG have been that that, but the Sunday loss was tragic. That was, that was, oh that was like, God. I felt so bad. Uh, I, dude, he gets so much shit from people, but you gotta love Broxa. Like, doing that interview, like, just laying it out there, saying, like, no, I'm pissed off, I'm frustrated, that sucks, like, it feels like shit losing a game like that. And we psyched ourselves up, and, you know, I, I like how transparent he is, and I like how much he's just shaking off all the, all the bullshit and haters that he's dealt with. Regardless of what you actually think of him as a player, right? I want to pay. Oh, go ahead. Good. No, that's all I had. I was gonna say I want to. I want to pay more attention to him mechanically because I haven't paid that much attention to him recently. But he, outside of mechanics, he seems like an insane person to have on your team. Yeah, like, seems like just huge value. And oh, if he's yeah. playing, I haven't, like I said, paid a lot of attention to his mechanics this season. But if his mechanics are even like good, like if he's still playing decently, he seems like a great addition to like any team. Yeah, and I like agree. all I know for sure is I've been watching these CLG games. I've had a lot of bets on them. I've had a lot of DFS on them, and I can't remember one time being like Brox is fucking me this game. No. I've said that about everybody else on this team. Finn for sure, Hobelter for sure, the yeah. bot lane for sure. But I really can't remember a game where I was like Brox is killing me right he's now. He's doing his job. It feels and like you know maybe what? we need to get him on a different he's team. He's doing his job, and he's not bitching out his teammates for it. Because he's a team player and a consummate professional, and he knows how this game goes. Hashtag Broxa Gang. The Dude, Gold Card just... Podcast supports you, Broxa. E.G. Broxa. <laughs> I like when I heard the rumors. When I heard the rumors uh, before the season about these teams, uh, like there being a lot of internal conflict, I was really expecting to come into the season and see him be really bad. And actually. Everyone else is just fucking bad. <laughs> that's how. That's how it seems so far. Dude, it's so weird because like Finn. Finn has his moments where it's like, holy shit, this guy's so good. <laughs> and then... He's like 50-50. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's the story of this team. Mechanically, not talking about their personalities or anything, it seems like everybody on this team except for maybe Broxa is like super 50-50. Like some games they just look so fucking terrible. Too, because like, other games they look really good. It's so – like I don't know if it's like in their heads. Like I don't know if Finn came here, got that huge uh, – I'm assuming a huge paycheck – got imported and just convinced himself he's like all right I can't be a role player anymore. Like it's not that he was 100% a role player on Rogue cuz he did a little bit of everything there but like it's like he came over the ocean and that like paradigm shift happened in his head. Cuz he's like it feels like he's incapable of just playing a solid game. I don't care. Maybe it's you know maybe it's just the meta game right now too is playing into this where it's just volatile. It's so by the way, right now this kind of this kind of patch should really make you appreciate players that are good at minimizing losses. I know Khan's had a couple insanely impressive games where the most impressive part was he's in a losing matchup against an assassin that's gotten a ton of help and he's like even in CS. Like that kind of shit, it never gets talked about, never gets mentioned, right? Especially now when things are so volatile and like any wrong thing can completely flip a matchup on its head. Really try to pay attention to the players that are doing that kind of thing because, like, game in and game out, that adds up over time. So, uh, Zoom Zoom's done a lot of this too this season already. So, um, jeez, I keep getting side derailed here. Uh, CLG, 
as disconnected as they look sometimes, I, I feel like it might actually be worth a play here. It seems like they're keeping their heads in it. They're not. They're not tilting off. They're not checked out. I don't know I don't what's know. going on behind I don't know about the scenes. That. I feel like they're all <laughs> yeah. Like Brox is not. They're bot lane in that one game. Like Wild Turtle literally Turtle looked like a solo queue person yeah, running it down. Running it looked down. like he was yeah, like legitimately I, running it down. All right, maybe I take that back. Um, Saturday. Let me timestamp this because I'm trying to keep up with the timestamps now. One oh seven. Um, damn one minus seven sixty nine. Chris has to jet out, so we will catch you later next time, Chris. Gen, uh, damn one minus seven sixty nine against DRX plus four thirty two. DRX plus one twelve to take a map. I'm so mad at DRX, dude. I'm we not. said to everybody they weren't that good last season, and and everybody and everybody played them all season, and they were good all season, and then now they're not good. I lost so much money against them last season, and they, they haven't changed for shit, really. Why, nope. why, why, why didn't you suck last season when I was betting against you all the time? I, yeah. I, so, coming into the season, I did <laughs> – if you read my, like, my LCK preview article, I wrote more on them than, like, anyone else, basically, because it, they're a team that legitimately could have just completely been the untouchable team from a, a betting market perspective, right? Where I thought it was totally reasonable that you have a bunch of young players – Stepping into their second season, they got their rookie split under their belt, and you have Coma return or not uh, um, um, CV Max returning, you know, whatever you may think of that, and maybe they had some time to adjust their game and, and change the way they play a little bit. So I was like, okay, like there's a reasonable like case that you could see this team being like a top four or five. Like a playoff, like a legit, like not not just making the playoffs, but like a legit playoff team that could win a series, right? There was also a case where they don't adapt, and they're still playing the same way as they were last season, and that's just not going to cut it right now. <laughs> like you just can't do that shit anymore. So I don't think yeah, Kev, Kev's Kev's trying to narrative like sledgehammer na- this narrative home like. Oh, CV Max is back, therefore they suck. It's like, no, nah, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think they've sucked the whole time, and I think this metagame is just exposing that a little bit. I also think everybody else is looking a lot better, which contributes to this as well. Um, That's true. Sandbox and KT and all those guys looking better this season makes makes life a lot tougher on DRX. Yeah, they, they can't just sit back and be like, no, nah, we'll let you beat yourselves every single game and not do anything proactive ever, right? So, I don't know. I I think Damwon right, – so I guess we should talk about the fiasco that happened this morning. Uh, Ghost was announced out. Uh, as far as I know, undisclosed. Uh, maybe it was illness. Maybe it was injury. Maybe he just needed a wake-up call and had to get benched. Or, or personally, I think Barrel has been a bigger problem than Ghost has. I think Ghost has been putting up with a lot of bullshit from Barrel in most of these games. <laughs> little Hula saying – action going on here a little reckless hilly relationship right in sticking with the uh with the podcast narrative we should assume that ghost slept with someone's girlfriend i think that's we have to assume that ah, i totally forgot i assume the, it's uh, showmaker uh because showmaker has the most pull on the team so dude so so this morning dan one played against africa malron got the start they <laughs> So they announced Malrong and Canyon and no ghosts. So we're like, okay, like this is just going to be like a throwaway series. And, um, (laughs) 
Imagine so, ghosts. Imagine ghosts sleeping with your girlfriend of everyone, dude. So you'd be let down. They ran Malrong. You'd never see Rumble it coming in the first game. Double was it? It was like double smite bot Rumble, wasn't it? It was something goofy like that. I, I think it was just normal. I don't think it, it had smite. Been. It was either way. It was bot lane Rumble, which isn't unheard of. You can play like Rumble Senna if you ever get a chance to do that in solo queue. Thumbs up. It's very very good. Um. So they did like. Malrong bottom lane. The second game, Showmaker played Ezreal AD carry, and they put uh, Canyon mid lane and Malrong jungled. No, but, second game, he played Callista AD carry. He played oh, he Ezreal first He played game. Ezreal the first game, and they, they swapped He played it mid. Yeah. Yeah, he played Ezreal so, mid. So, there's a couple things I want to say about this. I'll, I'll keep it brief because we're running long already. But, first of all, this game is a perfect example of and a perfect illustration of, please, can we cut out the, oh, my God, roll swap. He's, there's no way he can be good. These are all, like, the literal best players in the world. Like, the top, give or take, 100 players in the world, take any LCK and LPL player for the most part, right? More or less. Exceptions, you know, whatever. They can do everything. These guys play everything in solo queue. A lot of times, in order to play solo queue, they just have to queue for, all, like, flex, just whatever. So their queue times aren't like 40 minutes, right? They all play everything. They're all extremely good. Second point I wanted to make. Uh, I'm not necessarily completely damning Afrika for this because sometimes when you get this case, as embarrassing as it is and how humiliating it feels personally, if you think about it, and a team just throws a curveball like this at you and you haven't been preparing all week, like that, that's it just sucks sometimes. You can't make an adjustment in time, right? It happens. It happens to good teams. We've seen this happen with good teams before. I'm not saying a freaker that good, but I'm not going to hold this series against them. As a matter of fact, they had opportunities to win it too, but, you know. I forget which team it was that, that, but they, Smeb played some 80 carry on weird stuff last year and it threw teams for a loop. So, yeah, we've we've seen this specifically happen with these teams. Like, I don't think it's yet. It's definitely not anything crazy. And it's not like the, the champions that Showmaker played or Shamus, like you were playing them in the or Yeah, you can it's play like, him in the mid lane, right? Yeah. Ezreal mid has been a thing previously, uh, and and Callista solo lane, you know, the shy popularized. So, yeah. like you said, I mean, well, these he, people have all played it, and they didn't do anything crazy. The other thing I want to say, just real, real briefly, is I know he's never going to be some like elite world class jungler, but Malrong is such a cheese lord, and I mentioned this in the Discord this morning. If you want to, first of all. He's been, like, in the top 50 Korean solo queue for, like, seven years. Like, I swear to God, he's never left it. It's ridiculous. He's so good. But when it comes to pro play, like, he is he is 100% a Harrow type. Like, him and Harrow are, like, made of the, they, of the same ilk. Like, they're going to cheese. They're going to coin flip situations. You saw it twice in this series where he just bush camped for, like, 45 seconds doing nothing. He's like, no, 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 guys. Trust me. This is going to work. So sometimes it looks like an idiot, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, but those role swaps, I think the mistake that people make is they go like, okay, this guy was an A-level mid laner, and now he's going to be a jungler, so he's going to be an F. Whereas really, it's like he's an A-level mid laner, and he's going to be a jungler, so he's going to be B or B+. Plus or or like, it, it is going to hurt you. If you yeah. played 10, 20 times as many mid lane games as jungle, you're going to be a better mid laner. Yeah, but you're, sure. you just it's not like you just have never played mid lane or jungle before, and you have no idea how it works. Like, I also think specifically, be a little bit worse specifically with mid too, and this isn't just to boost the ego of mid laners because they don't need it, but like 
it's the most demanding role. Period. Like it's just it, like in it, like in terms of overall, I would say overall game knowledge, overall sense of 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 pace, mechanics, depth of champions that need to be played in it. It's the most demanding role there is, right? Uh, especially now that you need to learn all the all the the solo hybrid, you have to learn how to play some top lane, all the stuff. Like, there's a reason that like mid laners are stereotypically, for most people, considered mid laners as like the best players, right? So I think especially when you're looking at like mid laners, like they're probably going to be able to make the transition to another role pretty easily. Also, I think kind of speaking to your point too a little bit, John, like good players are good. Period. Like give them some yeah, credit. Like, I mean, like we said last week, it's different than like football. Like a guy who grew up playing offensive line never played quarterback one time, but a guy who grew up as a mid laner, like in league, has played every other role a whole bunch yeah, of times. Exactly. Exactly. Um uh, give me, give me Dan one to smash this. I, like, I know they haven't looked good, but maybe they just needed that for fun series this morning to unwind, get some of the pressure. Didn't it feel like there was some, there was just stress or something going on? Like they haven't been playing very well. The bottom behind line the scenes, it's been ghosts. It's been berating everyone. Yeah, maybe, every day yeah, maybe, maybe. as soon as ghost is out of the lineup, everyone's free. Yeah, and maybe happy. ghost is the Alfari. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> by the way, it speaks to. Like, they completely shit on Afrika this winning, especially in game two. It was not even close. Like, I mean, you're, maybe their mental was broken a little bit, but, like, you got to give some props to just YOLOing that kind of thing in that. I, give me damn one to smash DRX in this spot. Um, minus one and a half seems all right at minus yeah. 150, actually. Afrika minus 102. KT Rolster minus 130. KT Rolster looked good. They, they, it's weird. They, for the most part, look very confident. Their early game scripts are excellent. They're very decisive. Except for in games two and three of the last series where they looked like the pressure was finally getting to them a little bit and they hesitated in a few situations. Everywhere else this season, they've been, even in their losses, they're super decisive on like every play they make. It's almost as if they should have been running this lineup all last season. No one harbored good. Is this the end of the three year? UCAL is a super bright prospect <laughs> narrative that we've been. I, like, yeah. I, I've been in on the narrative, but I mean, so, UCAL's been unsuccessful pretty much everywhere that he's gone, despite being really hyped as a prospect. For, for what it's worth, I think, and I kind of mentioned this at the beginning, like, because I've been a UCAL truther this whole time, right? But I'm also a Dove truther. Dove is very, very good. So I'm frankly not surprised that he's doing as well as he is. But yeah, I think we can maybe put the UCAL out to pasture for time being. Maybe he needs some time off. We'll see. That's the new meta. Time off is the new meta. Right? Time off meta. <laughs> um, so, Afrika have looked different. I think. I, I think a lot of people are going to want to just smash KT because they've had they've looked really good in the last couple series, and Afrika just got embarrassed. But I wouldn't rule out Afrika winning this. This feels like a good uh, Afrika DFS spot. For what it's yeah. worth, I definitely think KT's ownership will be way higher because they're probably going to be priced similarly on this yeah. slate. Afrika might be a really good spot. Yeah, for this DFS. is a, this is a weird spot where I think like the betting market. I actually think this is probably pretty close, and it might end up being a no bet. I have to think about it some more. But like, yeah, in DFS, oh, you know, people are going to be all over KT Rolster, especially the way they've been playing recently, and they're probably going to be. I mean, they're going to be a cheap favorite probably. So, um. Just to keep this moving. Saturday, we got three matches in the LPL. Uh, none of them are particularly interesting, so uh, <laughs> we'll just blow through these. Rare Adam, minus 2,500 uh, against Victory 5, plus 790. We'll say Victory 5 to take a map is at plus 198. 
V five look terrible. They do. They 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 I think have looked like the worst team in the league so far for me. Uh, but I still think I might bet them at must at plus seven ninety. Yeah. Like I just feel like some of these numbers are just too big on these terrible teams, and they could steal one. I think. Yeah. I mean, they did. did they have a win already, don't they? Who did they beat? No, they're zero four. Oh, are they zero four? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like these are the kind of games that Rare Adam doesn't lose, though. I feel like you can bet the three underdogs that are on this slate, and like you get five units profit if any of them win. That just seems like too good of a chance that one of these guys. You you need one of these three teams to win, like you know, one yeah. in every two and a half times. That just seems too likely. Who's your favorite one of the three? Uh, let me just read them down because this is a super ridiculously chalky slate. So EDG or minus whatever, like 5,000. They didn't even have a money line on it. The sweep is at minus 526. Uh, Road Warriors are plus Sweep at minus 526. Yeah. We've seen that before. Yeah, that's ridiculous, right? <laughs> like, that's like that's like uh, SK Telecom against the Kazakhstan team at the Asia Games level. Line. This Rogue Warriors, you got, we got to bet this. If you're not betting Rogue Warriors minus one and a half at plus thirty six hundred, I don't know who you are. It's I'm, one series. It's one series. I, I might bet that. It's one, one that's series. That, that's a futures plus price. Thirty six hundred. Yeah, yeah. This is like to win the league. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely betting this. I mean, plus thirty six hundred. Just I'm now. I have to know. Plus thirty six hundred is. Uh, Less less than three percent, two percent. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm definitely betting the Rogue Warriors minus one and a half. I mean, it's three sure. three point three five to one to take a game. Should I just should I just pick of the week it and then we can just like set the entire year's profit margin on <laughs> on the Rogue Warriors minus one and a half, dude. I mean, I am definitely betting that. I'm probably not pick of the week it, but I'm it's, definitely betting it. I mean, let's let's make the case for Josh just walked away. He's like, I've had enough of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, if Forge is going to be good in the meta, it's this one. Yeah, I mean, case, <laughs> That's like, my case. EDG just drafts bad in game one and then gets rattled by a loss. And, you know, know. Scout didn't get enough sleep last night. Like, Zambuji plays Karma, Senna bottom. and they, Yeah, they like Viper was playing Hearthstone or something. Like, there's there's all kinds yeah. of cases for the plus 3,600. The other one is FPX, also minus 5,000 or whatever against Thundertalk. I actually – so, of these three underdogs, I do – They've looked terrible. As soon as I started backing them, they looked terrible. It's good in the first series. I think Thundertalk have the best players of these three. I'm trying to decide what I th- what I think on that. I almost think Rogue Warriors is the best of those three teams. I think Victory Five is really really bad. So for me, Victory it's between Rogue Warriors and TT. TT's uh, yeah. I mean, TT has some talent on their team. You're right. Yeah. TT's the best of the three. So, like, if I'm going to take the, – the problem with the T – like, so I think TT is the one I would want to back here. The problem with TT is that they're going off of FPX who just got beat by LNG, so they're going to be in full FU mode. Like, uh, Yeah, I think I'm betting all three of these underdogs and the Rogue Warriors minus one and a half. Uh, I'm going to bet all that. I'll probably be – check the check the – my esports department write-up on, on for Saturday morning because I'm going to do a deep dive on the – macro concepts of kill spreads in the LPL versus the other leagues because the LPL kill spreads are not great. Uh, I did some just cursory stuff on that, and we'll talk about it. More. Actually, we'll talk about it on next week's episode too, but I'll, you'll get a little bit of a preview there. I mean, you're getting plus 200 or better on any of these teams to take a game in any of these series. So uh, this is probably one of those like close your eyes specials. Just don't think anything of it. Put a half unit on them to win it, take a game or something, and – Call it a day. 
Uh, LEC Saturday, Vitality minus 263, SK plus 188. That one's a no bet for me. Wouldn't hate an SK spot here, but I don't think there's any way you pay that for Vitality right now. That's kind of where I'm at in general is like favorites really need to have a strong case for them. Misfits minus 238, Astralis plus 172. Same logic. This is a borderline pick of the week territory for Astralis, I think. Yeah. I think Misfits comes down hard this people week really, off, off a high. really want to fade Misfits. I don't think they're good. I think it's literally a Mortals situation. That's how I feel about them, and that's how I'm handicapping them for the time being. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm pretty if, close if to that's, Josh. If that's, if that's where you're, you're at on them, then I, I think Astralis makes a ton of sense here for sure. Um, the problem is I also think Astralis is awful, so I have a really hard time. I but, see. Uh, I think Astralis are going to come back down to earth in a bad way. That is also true. I also think his truck so, sucks. Shalka plus 202, Mad Lions minus 286. I, I can't bet Shalka uh, even at that. I, I'm literally so out on this team. Mid, it feels like another me. pass to me, to be honest. Mad minus 7.5 or whatever the kill spread is, as long as it's reasonable. Mad do tend to just completely smash teams. Even if it ends up being a, like a 30-kill game, it's usually like, Twenty-two to eleven, or something like that. Actually, going to be really excited for this slate because, in, in DFS purposes, early look ahead. I assume that our projections will agree with this, but usually Shalk is one of the slowest teams, especially in losses. And Mad's typically a team that everyone flocks to, especially people here where they're going to be. Them. Yeah, and G two is going to be so cheap that people are just going to slam G two Mad lineups all over the place. So if you just get off Mad and hope that one of these other teams spike a performance, especially like you know. We're getting next to, next to it, but probably th- the fanatic Yo, side. Or are we kicking like it old school for a week? Or are we kicking yeah. it old school LEC style for yeah, a Saturday maybe. and just fanatic and G two all day long? I think some combination of fanatic XL Astralis Misfits and Vitality. Some combination of those five yeah. teams seems like a good place. to I be. want you some could... Vitality, and I think G two is obviously going to be a throw throw winnable team. But I think those other five make for a good combination that will have almost no ownership because I would guess that basic like ninety percent of lineups are going to have either G two or Mad Lions in them. Yeah, so if you don't play G two Mad, you're getting like an automatic five or ten percent owned lineup at, yeah. at most. Yep, ac- absolutely, absolutely. I dig that. Um, straight up though, like Mad Mad beat themselves too often for this. Like I, I, this price is probably accurate, but I don't want a piece of it right now. Not right now. Not in this meta game. Same with Fnatic in the next game. Minus 286, plus 283. Yeah, I'm not paying minus 286 on Fnatic. And unfortunately, XL is maybe the only team in the league I wouldn't take it over 200 against Fnatic. I might end up doing it, but... I'm, I'm probably going to take... You think you can go for I'm it? I'm probably going to take all of these dogs and just hate myself for it when it's like a 9-1 favorite week or something. <laughs> that's been that's been the way my split's been going. It's like, oh, all right, well, I should probably just be backing all the dogs right now. Start backing all the dogs and just been... None of them ever win. It's like, all right, well, looks like the favorites are dominating. They've covered the kill spread in, like, 95% of games or whatever, like, across all four leagues. And take the favorite, they get smashed. And it's just been, like, I literally, like, cannot find a base for anything. It's just been awful. I had one split like that. I'll Dude. say before COVID, I had one split where it was spring. just zig when I zagged every single yeah. time. And I just lost like just lost like 30 slates in a row where it's I just brutal. never was correct about which two teams were going to win. It's brutal. Bankroll management, folks. Um, Rogue, minus 119, 
against G2, minus 112 Rogue Smite, uh, slight favorites against G2. Uh, I would not be surprised to see this come the other direction by game time. Yeah, I think I'm going to bet G2. I might make them pick of the week. I mean, I, it's not that I think that they have like some monster edge over Rogue, but I, I do think they're a better team than Rogue, and minus 112 is pretty good. They have taken some steps back. I think Mickey's been a little worse this season Yeah, uh, in particular. But is, Caps this... still looks as Caps as ever to me. Yeah, this should be a good match. Because I, I think the, the really difficult part about uh, about handicapping G2 this season is, like, how much weight do you really want to put on, on the spring performance? Like, like how much of that was real versus a weird season? Like, how, you know what I'm saying? Like, how like how much regression do you, do you build into your G2 recipe? I always like to talk in my, like, in my preseason videos and stuff about, like, teams that have places to gain and places to lose. Yeah. And G2 just feels like, right now, like, if Wonder and Mickey get their heads in the game, they'll be back to being yeah. good old dominant G2 from before. Uh, feels like they have upwards to go, not downwards to go. They're just, they're there. They're just one pick away. Excel opened the door. Excel, yeah. Excel is the Trailblazers. They opened the Sejuani door in the LEC. <laughs> and once Yanko starts playing it, this team's winning worlds. It, the door is open. There's a. It's, it's got a light crack, and Grabs is just gonna go find it and slam the first pick Sedrani into it, what's and the, then we're good. What's the quote from The Departed? It's like Jack Nicholson's character in The Departed. He's like, he's like, you give him a whiff, he'll crawl right in. Yeah. <laughs> um, that should be a great match. I'm probably not gonna be on either side of that, just because I, I kind of want to see. I, I think there's a reasonable chance that we just have a three-headed giant at the top of the LEC. I know you guys are a little more bearish on Rogue than I am, obviously, but I think I think it's more likely that G two return to that form than closer to. I think they're going to be closer to like last year than spring. I don't yeah. think it's going to be like halfway in the middle. I think they're going to be like seventy five percent of the way there, especially with the game like in the state that it's currently in. I think this is the kind of shit that G two excels at. Right? You can do all sorts of weird stuff. There's weird flex picks. There's a, a, you know. They're just going to play the power picks. Going into 2021 summer playoffs, I think we're going to be saying that G2 is the favorite. Yeah, that's I mean, that's totally reasonable. Um, Saturday LCS, C9 minus 323 against Immortals plus 227. Kind of want to see how Immortals look against TSM. Uh, I hate judging. I hate waiting for one game because it feels stupid to be too biased that way. But like, I do want to see if they, they come out sluggish or not. Definitely not betting C9. Yeah. Considering betting Immortals, but not betting C9 for sure. Josh? Yeah, I'm with John there. Um, another spot similar to the Mad on the other day that I mentioned where I think that C9 will probably be over-owned given the matchup oh, in DFS. Yeah. We'll see what the projections end up saying there, but uh, this is a spot where people will probably be looking to jam in four C nine, and it may not ne- not be necessary given some of the other matchups. Yeah. I also think uh, like people need to stop treating immortals like golden guardians because they still just get treated like golden guardians. Like, I-, I don't know if that's just like a crowd psyche thing because they finished they didn't finish high last season, but like they're a competent team. They might not be great. I don't think they're going to win the split or anything like that. But they're they're more than competent. They're good. They can take games like they beat Cloud. They be already beat Cloud Nine. So, uh, CLG plus one thirty two. Evil Genius is minus one seventy nine. God damn it! This is a real test of my EG theory. 
think I'm probably going to bet Evil Genius is there. I'm, I, I'm out on CLG ever since I got that news, and it's played off so far. So, yeah. EG are just going to blow up my spot this weekend, I know, because I'm going to bet EG here, and they're just going to get, like, clowned on. Or they're going to be ahead by, like, 6K gold and lose to a backdoor or some nonsense. I Yeah, I, I'm in on EG here, I think. But yeah. it's I, I, get, I definitely have that mounting sense of dread. This is this is a, this is an inverse close your eyes special, right? This is an inverse like hold your nose and bet the underdog. This is <laughs> um, TSM minus two twenty seven Dignitas plus one sixty seven. I think I'm not going to bet this one either. Thinking yeah. about it, but I think that's a. I think I'm going to fade off that one. Probably, too. probably a pass from me. Hundred thieves minus three eighty five. Fly quest plus two sixty three. Same deal. Probably FlyQuest kill spreads, probably. That's going to be big enough. Yeah, the plus 263 makes me think the kill spread might be good enough in that game. Yeah. I would at least consider betting FlyQuest in this game. I think 8.5 or better, I want the kill spread. I want the line to move a little bit more towards FlyQuest. If it goes to, like, plus 300, I'll take an underdog against yeah. 100 Thieves. Um, Golden Guardians plus 334 against Liquid minus 526. This is another one, same thing. I'm probably just going to be on the Golden Guardians kill spread. Maybe sprinkle on the money line. I don't know. Uh, this team's so bad still. They they all right. So they've made improvements. They are doing certain things better. There's a little bit more structure. They're a little less loosey goosey, but they're still very loosey goosey, like relative to most teams. So uh, solo over Niles is a large upgrade. I agree. And, and, <laughs> and you're and you're seeing it. Like there, so many of these games, they they would they had not a single chance in. Don't get me wrong. It should have been Viper, but. If you're going to put somebody in there over Niles, I guess Solo's all right. I am happy for Solo. Man won Proving Grounds. Listen, I... I World's Qualifier Solo. Listen, I appreciate the grinders, okay? I do. And Solo... <laughs> um, where we at? Oh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We are... T1 minus 625 against Sandbox plus 380. Sandbox to sweep, or uh, T1 to sweeps at minus 159. T1 look really good. I will say my issue with T1 is that they have not completely gotten rid of this thing where occasionally they just draft all in early game teams, which is is fine. But it does, like, I do think that that's more volatile. Like, it adds some volatility that maybe T1 doesn't need. It seems like T1 doesn't have a problem doing either one of those things, either drafting all in early game or drafting like they played Senna as year yesterday, yeah. like just being willing to scale. So it seems like they, they're willing to play like all in on either side, which does scare me a little bit, but I think they're the best team in the league. Yeah. It, just, really uh, it scares me a little bit when they have these all in compositions that can kind of lose sometimes. Yeah. T1 have the talent in spots where I think it matters to steal a game here, but I do think there's enough of an edge on the minus one and a half to just take T1. They look really good. Um, Hopefully, I'm still saying that six weeks from now. Uh, I wouldn't... So, here's another thing to bring up. Just to clarify this to people, because I think everyone's kind of like, hey, look, we made it. It's time for vacation, right? They said they're going to be sticking mostly with this lineup, but that doesn't mean that there weren't going to be substitutions periodically throughout the season. It's not like they were going to completely abandon doing that. It's just that they were going to try to stick to the one lineup most of the games. This would be a spot I think that we might see... Um, Zeus or something like that so if that's the case like I still think T1 win but 
maybe you get a maybe there's a little equity there for Sandbox if you think Sam if you think T1 maybe make a substitution for one of these games even if it's not like a full team it's just like Gumiusi comes in for a game or something like that. Just just don't forget that this isn't a hundred percent surefire thing that they're only going to play these five players. They literally said in their announce, like Joe Mar said that like they're still going to be once in a while mixing people in. So um, just don't forget that. Brion plus two nineteen against Hama Life minus three twelve. Uh, Hama does sweep is at plus one thirteen. Brion look like, better. Yeah, I'd like to take the Hanwa minus one and a half, but I don't think you can. I think Brion's looked good enough, and Hanwa's had some some things that. We're not so impressive with them that I'm not sure you can bet on. Yeah. I mean, Hamos, Hamos played a very difficult schedule. We we already talked about that at the top. But uh, I think this is more about Brion actually looking better. Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to look better when it was like a complete dumpster fire besides that. They played like three insane, like some of the best games in the entire LCK single games last season. And then we're just dog shit for the rest of it. Right. They're better. They look better than that. Like their opening scripts. Like they were doing the DRX thing last season, except they were not good at it. This season, they look like their their opening scripts have been great. They have great early game execution. They just completely steamrolled a couple of the games so far. So I, even if it's not ended up in wins, I mean that's where you want to be. You want to be playing from a position of leverage like that. So I also yep. think that combined with Hamwa's volatility a little bit, I'm I'm a little skeptical on Hamwa here. I might not take Brion, but what do you think, Josh? The one thing I will say is that in terms of comparative line value, I think that so you you can get Hanwa minus one and a half for plus one twenty seven against Sandbox, or just plus one thirteen against Brion. So you give up fourteen points for. I think that gap between those two teams is is a little bit bigger than that in my I head. Mean, just relative. And Brion? Yeah. Yeah. Relatively. So in that case, I would say I think this is a, is a marginally better bet. Um, yeah, I do think Sandbox are eventually are going to be better. Like yeah, so that way right now, but I think they're more talented. Yeah, that'd be my argument for betting the the Hanwell minus one and a half. Is you know, I was considering it for the Sandbox game, um, and I think that this is arguably a better value just yeah. based on the number and the comparison between the two. So that'd be my argument for it. But I definitely think everything you guys said is valid. Like I said, this is just a volatile team. Tough to trust them to go two and one or two and zero oh, when they, you know, kind of like to test a lot of things in draft and do this yeah. weird stuff. So Lava had a couple pop off spots, so let me give him some respect there too. L's, uh, LPL Sunday, we've got LGD plus three sixty, JDG minus five eighty eight. We'll say JDG to sweep is at minus one forty five. I th- this is going to get a lot of action. I think a lot of people are going to want to be all over LGD because you have that. It's the the compounding factor, right? You have the two thing, two trends going the like meeting at a perfect spot where JDG just had an upset situation, right? Am I thinking of JDG? Yeah, who did they just lose to? It was it LNG, I believe so. I think they lost it. Yeah, LNG and yeah, so they just lost LNG. Um, maybe not as embarrassing as it would have looked initially, but still, like people are gonna want to. People, people love LGD. People are hooked on this team. Like, look, they're better. They're for sure better. I don't think there's any question about that. But like, let's cool the Jets a little bit, right? Like, this isn't this isn't like an elite team or anything just because they have Shadow on it, right? Like, they we'll look say, better. Yeah, yeah. LGD, I think, is definitely they're a fan favorite right now. But their only win is against Ultra Prime. 
They lost to BLG, who's like uh, you know middle of the tableish team. Definitely not something I you know to be super hyped about, but they are a huge fan favorite right now. They're going to be overowned in any slate they're on right now. Yeah, and that's relatively speaking. Like we're we're not saying they're going to be thirty percent owned here, but like if a dog in this situation is normally like five percent, maybe they're going to be like twelve, something like that. So you can get a little bit of leverage there. Uh, I JDG. Should probably smash this series, right? Like, do we try? Like, is this metagame too volatile to take them to sweep? Like, I, I don't, I don't really like. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that they keep drafting Orin. I don't. I either. don't think it's particularly good. Um, I was like, I know we're we're all fans of this team, like the bounce back potential here. I just, I, two series they've drafted Orin in both series. I'm not a fan of it. Um, in this metagame, I, I do think that, you know, the champ can be fine, but it's just weird to me that they're putting the priority on it. Um, I can't remember what it was. Um, something triggered me the other day about Zoom, like not in a bad way, but just like conceptually, like it looks like he wasn't willing to play Gwen, maybe. Or they just banned it every game. I don't know. Like something, so, no, it was something like that. It. it was like Gwen or Akali or something. It just seemed like he wasn't willing to play it. Just basically yeah, I mean, done. Yeah, so game three against uh, LNG, the first rotation bans were Lee, Camille, Akali, Renekton, Nocturne set, and they did not pick up Gwen. Actually, neither team picked but up Gwen. They were Gwen. B1 too, right? And they didn't, they didn't Gwen there? Yeah, yeah it they looked like blue. neither team did. So it's a little bit odd for sure. And then there was a Jax man. So, yeah, I just, Orn, I don't know. I just don't like the Orn priority. That's that's my only comment yeah, right I'm, now. I'm with you. Like honestly, this looks like this screams to me that they don't play Akali or Gwen or Zoom or Zoom won't play them. I, I'm gonna take a quick pick or quick yeah quick peek to see what he's played in his career, like to see if he's had any games on these champions. He has not a single game on Akali, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. Like he's played a ton of different. He's played Lissandra. He's played a ton of different champions top lane, and he's never played Akali. That's kind of wild, right? Yeah, it looks like they're trying to find answers to the meta instead of conforming to the meta, and it hasn't yeah. hasn't really worked out for them so far. We but... do see that work out in the LPL more often than in other leagues, where teams just kind of stay in their lane and they're good at their one thing. But I, I right now, I really do think you just need to be playing the good stuff and not getting cute about it. The gin, the gin thing too. I. I... John, I think I think you had it, just talked about it. Yeah, garbage. there's a lot. I don't of, know. I just I'll it seems say like this, their priorities are off to me. I'll say this. I understand though, the pick in in theory at least, but other teams like a lot of teams actually think Jin's pretty good. Whether we agree with that or not, they actually think Jin's pretty good. I also happen to think in a metagame where there's very few true tanks being played, he's ridiculous. Especially when Jin, I think what people don't understand about Jin is Jin is best when you are diving, like your team is diving. Because he's really, really good, actually, in those 1v1 situations where he's kiting out an opposing dive. Because you have to dive him or he's just getting an ult off. And I know we all think the ult doesn't do any damage or whatever, but when, no, you're, la- when you're layering Jin's ultimate on top of your team diving stuff, it's just another thing. That's, that's how to use Jin. You want to be using Jin when you're diving them and they can't, there's just too many things to keep track of. And he, can, he just has carte blanche to open up, right? And you want to play playing them against squishier teams, which is what we're seeing right now. There's a lot of, like, pseudo-bruisers with the Zonias and everything. But, like, Jin, this is the kind of shit where Jin's insane because he outranges a lot of those champions. 
once he gets a few items, just like any carry, he's gonna he's gonna do a boatload of damage. And he only needs to hit you two or three times to kill these, especially if you four shot someone, right? Like he can four shot Nakali dead. So like, the, I actually think he's pretty well positioned right now. But it, the, the uh, amount of emphasis they're putting on it's really weird, and the fact that they're playing it with Orn is even more yeah, weird that's, to me. Like that's the thing for me. Ability, not, yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, it's just it's not the picks are necessarily bad in a vacuum. It's they're not. Playing what I think's good in a vacuum. Yeah, that, that's, that's and that's what it what's is. making me for like it just feels weird, you know. I don't know that it's necessarily they do good or bad. Like John said, I'm okay with teams saying, "Hey, like I just want to counter the meta. I don't want to conform to it." I'm okay with that to an extent. It's just hard to want to get excited and or ever pay minus five hundred yeah. for a team doing that. I think the thing with Jin, like I was saying, is just like, yeah, he's good at killing a Kali. I mean, I have a bazillion Jin games. He's good at killing a Kali. The problem is. If a collie is ever on your screen, you're just dead. Yeah. So there's really no point. Like it doesn't. Like you have to be winning already. And then when you, if you want to chase down an Akali, you can do it and you can kill her. But if yeah. if it's like if any of these other champions, Viego, Gwen, if any of those champions get near you as Jin, you just have no way to get off. Get them off. Of you. Yeah. You need like such an insane level of peel. I will say like we should be seeing way more Tom Kens than we're seeing right now across the board. Period. That champ is insanely good in this kind of situation. Like, if there's an Akali in the game, there should be a Tom Kench, period. I don't give a shit. Like, and he's not getting banned that often. I know people don't like it. It's not sexy. It sucks for DFS and all that, too. But, like, Tom Kench is so ridiculously good against LeBlanc, uh, uh, Akali, like, stuff like this, where you're, even Viego, where like, you're just diving in on stuff. Like, it, if you just buy two seconds, that's a, that's a fight win, period. It's so impactful, even though it doesn't look like it sometimes. So, I agree, John. Like, they... Like, JDG should be good. Like, this meta should be insane for you, gal. Like, we should remember, they shit. lost to LNG, but they also beat top esports in the series yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not like JDG's doomed or something. Exactly. Like, it's we're, we're just a little proceeding cautiously, you know. Um, and LGD are competent enough that, like, they could punish something like that. I don't think LGD is as good as everyone thinks. I think they're just the new toy that's shiny and everyone like, like wants to be hype about something. But, uh... Yeah. Yep. We'll Takeaway, I think, is let the line move then but then get back on the JDG sweep. Yeah. If, but if, just just wanted to talk more more broadly that this team is a little bit concerning. Or not concerning, but just uneasy. Like, I don't know how to feel about them right now. They, they get like this sometimes, man. Like, I know yeah. last season... I had questions about them because for, like, literally six weeks, they were just running the same exact set play over and over, and it was just a matter of whether or not the other team fell for it and, like, watched film at all. Like, they literally just ran the same exact Herald play over and over and over and over and over again, and it was whether or not the teams, like, fell for the bait or not. And once teams stopped falling for the bait, that's when they started losing. It was like, oh, okay, well. And then it took them, like, another four weeks to adjust to that. So, JDG, historically not fast at adapting. They were They've always been like that for years now. When it, when it's good for them, they're very good. So th- keep an eye on this. I think Josh is right. Like this is a situation to monitor for sure. Billy Billy plus one seventy two, Sooning minus two thirty three. This feels like a Billy Billy bet to me. I don't yeah. think Billy Billy's the favorite or anything, but it feels like a plus one seventy two. The, the, the you can bet on that side for sure. They, they're another one where it's like they they do so many things well, and they just have these games where it's like what what. Like I feel like the, the the meme the question mark meme guy where he's like <laughs> like they have games where it's like dude like what even already already this season they've had a couple of those I I, I think 
you don't want to back Sooning here. I think you want to be on Billy Billy or pass this. I, I do think it's probably pretty close. I think this line's not too far off, but I think it's enough so that Billy Billy's probably worth a play. Yeah, I'm with that. I think uh, – I'm trying to remember, but I think two years – or last summer, Billy Billy was a team that kept playing Maokai Jungle. And I was talking about earlier how I want more Maokai. So I'm going to just use that as my rationale to bet Billy <laughs> Billy here. though. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll say this. Good Zika meta. We were talking a lot about this in the Discord too. Um, Zika's crazy good assassin player. Uh, yeah, when I was I, w- I was saying in the Discord, like, when I was learning – like actually putting a concerted effort into learning how to play LeBlanc to kind of mix things up for myself. He wasn't uh, he wasn't playing in the majors at the time. He was just a solo queue god that was recommended to me. And I actually studied a lot of his solo queue film on stuff like LeBlanc and Akali and, and uh, Zed and stuff like that. And he's his LeBlanc is nutty. It's really, really good. So I think like this kind of meta, like if, if those are the picks, Yagao similarly, right? If LeBlanc and Akali are meta, this is pretty good for him. So... Uh, another, I guess, a boost to Billy Billy stock there. Um, last one on Sunday is interesting. If RNG minus three thirty three against LNG plus two thirty two, so many layers to this. LNG red hot, red hot. They just beat two top nine teams. They couldn't do that since we. They haven't done that since week two in spring. That was the only win they had against the top nine team. They just beat JDG and FPX back to back. They're looking confident. Ali's been really nuts. Tarzan's having a nutty season. Looking back like LCK form, Tarzan. He looks great. And Light Night Night Wandy have always been good. I'm glad they're getting some credit now. But uh, All that and the best mid laner. Unbelievable. Icon probably had the best series of his life against JDG. He was nuts in that series. I'll give him credit. Standard Icon series. I'll give him credit for that, man. Even I'll give him credit for that. So, we have that against... RNG in their first series, uh, second series, they'll, they'll have played Friday at this point. But they get a warm-up game against ONG. This is a weird spot. Like, my gut tells me this is just slam dunk RNG. But LNG are playing well enough right now that maybe you just want to stay out of the way. I kind of think maybe you want to go LNG, and it's not yeah. necessarily... I mean, partially it has to be because they're having a good season so far. Yeah. But... I also predicted, like, at MSI and after MSI, I've been predicting the whole time that I think the meta is getting worse and worse for RNG. And RNG was the the best team at MSI, but I still don't think this is that good of a meta for them. And I think they're going to fall down in summer versus spring. And LNG looks pretty comfortable at the moment. It just kind of feels like I hate to be on this side because it does feel like LNG is overperforming what they're going to end up doing this split. But I feel like at 232, that's a pretty reasonably sized number. Uh, and I think LNG is going to be happy they caught fire right now because they're getting a lot of their tough schedule out of the way early. Yeah. They already got rid of Agreed. JDG and FPX. And now they're playing RNG. If they could sneak a win here, I mean, they still got a whole lot of Ultra Primes and TTs to play left this season. So yeah. it could be looking good. I do think for what it's worth, John, that like this patch might be bad for them. The patch that if it ends up playing out the way it looks like it's going to play out the patch like 11-4 or 11-14 is going to be very, very good for the kind of shenanigans that they... And Sooning, notably. We'll talk about that more when we get to that patch, but which isn't going to be for a few weeks now. But um, Yeah, this... I, I'm probably just going to steer clear of this because, like, only bad things can happen, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, You're Josh, definitely going to be wrong, whatever you Yeah, choose. like, Josh, what do you, like, where are you at on this one? 
Yeah, I think I just take the. I, I think you take LNG here, and it, it doesn't feel great. And if you lose, you lose. I think it's this is. I think this is similar to ones we've had in the other regions where you're going to feel stupid probably either way. Um, just a little bit like Mad Lions, doesn't it? Where it's like they're overrated, yeah. overpriced, running hot right now. You want to fade that, but like I kind of don't. You know, like, I mean, I, I just think LNG have also just looked good. Yeah, like, they just look good. Yeah, I, um, I, I mean that the win that they had against FPX today in game two was really impressive to me. Yeah. I didn't think there was any way they could come back from that. Other than the fact that they I mean, had FBX two, FBX gave them a little bit of a hand. Let's let's not give it all. To I mean, them, but yeah. a little bit, but they they, they, they mechanically good. played it extremely well as mm-hmm. a, too. And and like I said, I think I think they're they're playing just really good League of Legends right now. And yeah. having that much warm up, I don't think can be replaced by scrims. I agree. Uh, and so I just think it's a little bit different. But but yeah, I, I could definitely see why you wouldn't want to bet them here. Like you said, this is going to be the cheapest you'll get rng in this matchup right there, yeah. there's not really any world in which they're ever cheaper than I'm this actually this spot, i'm actually so. gonna look up what they were the last time they played because that's gonna make us laugh i'm sure what if somehow lng goes to worlds what if icon is on the world uh, lgd literally had this trajectory <laughs> i seriously i mean look i hope they play well enough that they deserve it but if that happens and they they don't i'm gonna be upset again jdg LNG and FPX maybe and FPX go to Worlds and Top Esports and EDG miss. That's that's my call. We're calling our Jeez. shot. The last time these two played, oh, actually they got a. This was in week seven too. By the way, RNG were only minus four hundred. Wow, that feels weird, doesn't it? It feels like that's a spot where RNG probably would have been like minus twelve hundred or something like that. Um. Yeah, interesting one. Uh, Sunday in the LCS, we've got a noticeably... That's interesting, but less exciting, I would say. Uh, we have CLG plus 109 against Dignitas minus 145. Dignitas, for me. I think this is yep. cheap enough. Yep, yep. That's really good dig, dig bet. Yeah, I think it's cheap enough. Um, it's annoying because preseason, I would have been all over CLG. Same, but, they, but they, they, don't, they don't... That ain't it. <laughs> Liquid minus 127. 100 Thieves minus 105. Can they please swap these so I can be against John? Like I just like why the why the hell do I have to bet on like can you please swap these odds, please? Pick, pick of the week. Feels... Liquid's only better than hundred thieves at one position. It's not gonna be enough. Hundred thieves is gonna win and they're minus one oh five. I'm taking it. Eh, this is probably hundred thieves. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate in my head for the sake of this podcast right now. Uh this is Probably hundred thieves are pass. I don't. I don't know if you can make a strong enough case for liquid right now. If it's like later in the season and they look good, yeah, I could see a case for. It. But right now, they they don't look themselves right now. They don't, and like I say, I mean, they only they're only better than hundred thieves at one position. If when Alfari's there, then you can give them two. But yeah. I don't think Jenkins, even with someday having a mediocre season so far, yeah. I don't think Jenkins is playing better than. Someday. I'm just trying to. Ra- I'm just trying to get around because like it's not always about that kind of situation. But I, I think hundred thieves. Are it's just, just playing I mean, right the right odds are just wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah, the odds right. are just. This wrong should right this should now. be flipped around. If this was flipped 100%. around, this would be like no bet probably. Like, yeah, I, 100, I, I 100 would. I would like to see. Favorites. Yeah, I would like to see TL like probably plus one ten in this spot, and yeah. then I'd be, I'd feel pretty good. But but yeah, I no shot. There's hundred thieves all the way here. Yeah, hundred thieves for sure. TSM plus one seventeen. Cloud nine minus one fifty six. This is another interesting one. 
I'd like wow. to get a better number on TSM here, but I kind of want to bet TSM. But yeah. I, I think I might end up passing because I want to see them at like plus one thirty, plus one forty, or something here. I like think a- if we wait, we'll get there. Personally, yeah, I think people will see C nine minus one fifty six and and jump on it. Yeah, in in almost any spot. Yeah, I think wait and see. You can get a. It might not be much better. Like you might get a plus one twenty five or something. It's not going to go. It's not going to go. You know, batshit crazy or anything, but. I'm going to be looking to TSM here. I just think, I mean, Cloud Nine look good, but they're not. I mean, their most impressive thing was just the shit stomping of Golden Guardians, like the perfect game or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I think right right now, I think it's like a fifty fifty. By the end of the season, maybe it won't be. I don't know. But TSM Immortals minus one seventy five against FlyQuest plus one thirty. This is one where I feel like. There's going to be some chance that by the end of this weekend, we're going to feel like this is a smash fly quest bet. But I, I'm not betting it right See, now. I feel the opposite, but I also don't want to bet Immortals at this number. Like, this looks like it's going to... In my mind, I think, like, a, two weeks from now, this will look like a cheap Immortals bet. I'm not buying fly quest at all. Like, I'm I think not, Jose Diodo is really good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that big of a fan of mid. I think Licorice has underperformed this season. I don't think they're bottling. He had great, one good but. game. He had a really yeah. good game, but, you know, uh, it's the Gwen game. Right? <laughs> that yeah. was the Gwen Viego game. Um, I, I kind of feel like Immortals is going to come back to Earth and be somewhere near FlyQuest in the standings, like, for this split, and we're, we might end up feeling like plus 130 was pretty good value here, but I don't think I'm betting it right now. Yeah, I, just kind of based on my preseason read and what we've seen so far. So, like, I, I had Immortals, like, up a tier from FlyQuest. Like, I had a CB difference. I think it was CB. It might have been BA. I don't know, but it was. I had them separated. Like I think Immortals is gonna gonna progress. I didn't see FlyQuest progressing, and it's sort of looked that way so far. But I also respect the fact that Immortals is probably being over overpriced at the moment. So like I'm not gonna bet them here, but I do think they're gonna win this one. Uh, EG minus two eighty six. Golden Guardians plus two hundred five. This is the game. It's Sunday night. No one's watching anymore. Uh, Jizuke is going to play Yone and feed his ass off or something. Oh, well, at least he's on a champion that he'll still be able to win regardless of his KDA then. Like, I mean, this is it, right? I kind of want a better number on Golden Guardians, but, like, this is the game that Golden Guardians win and everyone gets their hopes up for Golden Guardians improving again and they turn back into a pumpkin for four weeks. Yeah, I think I'm just not going to bet, but I do think you're right. I think like when <laughs> this, we talk this about is the game, game, dude. Like <laughs> when we talk about EG, this is what we always say: is like this is the spot where you're supposed to bet against them. Yeah, but I think I'm going to end up not doing. I'm it. I'm probably going to pass. I'm a pansy. I'm 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 going I'm going to pass just because like it also wouldn't surprise me to just see them win in like 22 minutes or something stupid. Quick quick hitter on this day. Just don't just do whatever you can to try and figure out when you're doing your builds or DFS who's going to be chalk and don't play it. Anytime you have five, four games at, with less than minus 200 favorites, just don't play Chalk. That's, that should just be your approach. Yeah. And GBPs, I mean. Who do you think going to be Chalk? But yeah, I assume 100 Thieves is going to be Chalk. 100 and Thieves and TSM. 100 Thieves and Dignitas, probably. Yeah. I don't think TSM stands oh, yeah, a chance. That's double dog. I just thought about that in my head. 100 yeah. Thieves and C9, I think, will be a pretty popular build, too. Yeah, C9 or Dig, I think either one. I mean, maybe even EG. EG might be the most expensive on the slate, though, with being the most heavily favored. So, yeah, they probably will. Be. If, if that's did, the case, they'll be a good play. I wonder no if you like get different and play Immortals. 
Yeah, Mortals yeah. feels like they're going to be good on Which this slate. I think EG, yeah. like, like you said, I like to play huge favorites in GPPs when they're so expensive that four that stack wants to play hard. Them. Yeah. Yeah, and especially I like uh, just like a small thing, but I, I really like playing a, like EG with another favorite on this slate and playing like support captain yeah. because people just refuse to do that in big GPPs. And more often than you think, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know. 50% of the time, but it, it ends up being optimal a decent percent and no one likes playing it. I'm excited because what's actually going to happen, Vince, is John's going to be like, man, I need to four-stack EG and then he's going to be like, okay, but I want to play with 100 Thieves. And he's going to be like, okay, well, 100 Thieves <laughs> is the most expensive dog, so that means that I have to play Jungle Captain and next thing you know, John's in here playing Svenskaren Captain, winning a 50 stacks on Svenskaren <laughs> Captain, a KOTR seat, and I'm over here just just laughing to them. Just oh, laughing. I might have to buy a jersey. <laughs> I mean, it's probably his retirement season, so the jersey could be valuable. <laughs> I can see John right now at the check. <laughs> Pick of the week. Last week, we got bludgeoned. Again, I'm having a very, very good pick of the week season, Kappa. Um... I don't know if you've looked at that recently. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> um, I lost with Invictus plus 159 against EG, and I am EDG, and God damn it, I'm pissed that they didn't get a game in that series. They should have won that game, too. I don't know if they would have won the series, but they game two they should have won, and I'm, I was furious about it. It was a five-unit swing for me. Um, John hit with Sooning, or WE against Sooning, plus 114. Uh, Chris had Sandbox plus 137 against Nongshim. Uh, Nongshim won that, so that was a miss. Josh missed on his fatty parlay. I'm not going to read all of them. Uh, the listener pick of the week was from Emric, who I believe is watching the Twitch chat. Hello, hello. Um, he had Renzinga plus 185 against Kaboom. That was not close. Just We were both side-tuning in on that. It was, uh, nah. Nah, that wasn't it. This week, pick of the week. Chris left us. His pick of the week, which was CLG plus 132 against EG. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't say it. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. I can't. Good luck, Chris. Other, just use his other pick of the week that he he definitely wrote down right next to it. He definitely wrote it down? Is this, yeah, is 100%. This, is this just like that definitely not Kevin? Oh, we're going to get to that <laughs> in a second. Um, Josh. Yeah, I'm, I I just I, I'm also in the same boat as you, Vince. I've just been getting cleaned out, so I gotta just embrace my what I hate, and I'm going Dignitas minus one forty five versus CLG. You know, if you just bet on the teams you like in good spots, it doesn't always pay off. So ne- sometimes you just gotta force yourself to eat eat your you know green beans first vegetables. for dinner, yeah. and it, it doesn't feel good, but it's how you get back to the, is, to your top this form. This is cheap, dude. Yeah, I, I think Given especially compared to EG, too, like... especially compared to the EG line, that's what sold me honestly. Is because Dig beat EG, and I think those two teams are, I think I think EG's better, but yeah. EG's minus one seventy nine and Dig's minus one forty five. Like, that feels like too big of a difference for me. Even and and you're generally bearish on on Dig this season, right? Like I, I, I like I think they're pretty good, but they're not going to make any real noise. Like they're fine. They're like a mid table team. I think they're. I think they are clearly better than the bottom of the table teams, which you guys might not think. But like, even for for like someone that's that's bearish on Dignitas like outlook moving forward, this is cheap, right? Just based on what we've seen from CLG so far, 
Yeah, and I came into the season thinking CLG would finish Me above too. them. I think John was the same. You were the same. But what we've seen from these two teams are just not even yeah, – this is too cheap, I think, for Dig. Right just got to look at it, right? So, uh, John, what do you got? I'm going with 100 Thieves, minus 105 against Team Liquid. And then I'm adding a podcast pick of the week, Rogue Warriors, minus 1.5 against EDG at plus 3,600. Come, Come on, just for the sweats. Just to wake it's up. Saturday. It was a Saturday morning. Right? I Friday will be morning. posting a GIF of Dave Chappelle with money. <laughs> I'm posting that gift oh. after Road Warriors wins this series, and I'm calling you all peasants. So I'm just gift, letting you know that tweet's coming. So good. You so, so if you're not on, the, if you're not on the bet, then then you're going to be called a peasant. I'm just letting you know. Uh, I'm going with some chalk because I'm going back to school. Uh, Dan one minus one and a half, minus one forty nine against DRX. I, I gotta I gotta get some green in my record because this is getting ridiculous. I've, uh, what, five in a row now? Nah. Almost five in a row. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Dan one minus one and a half maps. The listener pick of the week. Uh, I actually didn't roll for this yet, but I will read them all off because we have some good ones this week, and then I will roll to determine who gets it. Uh, I, I'm not going to roll for the first one because, yeah. Um, first submission was from at BobJam23 on Twitter. He says, plus 300 on Kev Gratzing Josh. I mean, that's a slam can, dunk. Can we just talk happen. about how this is? Yeah, like, how is this? This should be minus 3,000. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is minus 3,000. <laughs> this odds are way off. Bob Jam, we got we to gotta, we gotta work on bookmaking here a little bit. Um, at Ghost Rider, X Ghost Rider 90, one of the hosts of the Infinity Edge podcast, you check that out every weekend. Um, he's going with an EG30 parlay, plus 615, that I know for a fact is going to get blown out by Golden Guardians on Sunday night. I am so sorry in advance. I'm so sorry. I'll be there with you. That's actually a pretty good price on that, though. I dig I it. I dig that. Um, I'm not Kevin via Esports Moose on Twitter. Dig minus 140 against CLG. This is some strange, strange, bizarre shit happening right now, by the way. Can we just talk about this? Josh is also on Dignitas. I don't think I've ever seen you two on the same page about anything. Well, that's actually that Wait, is actually this is Moose. not Kevin. It, it's actually not Kevin. I know it's Moose. It's yeah. Esports Moose. It's Moose. This is at Esports Moose. Yeah, Free and Moose. the only I mean to be to be clear, the reason I'm not on it is because he led with "Hi, I'm not Kevin," and I'm sold instantly. I'm in. <laughs> Whatever you say next after that phrase, I'm in. If you if you ever if you ever want anything from me, just say I'm not Kevin, and I'm in. Golden. <laughs> And the last one's going to be uh, Iron Berserker, also a freaking contributor to the show. And the Sports Department Discord, very active member there, too, where you all should be, too. It's free. Come check it out. Hang out. Uh, he likes Immortals plus 180 against TSM, which I think is a decent spot, too. Um, let me do a quick random number generator for these. One day, I feel like to complete the character arc, one day Josh or Kevin has to save the other one's life. Like a burning car or something like that, like... I feel like this. If this is a movie arc, one day, or like he introduces you to your wife. I mean, I know you. That's not can't happen now. You introduce him to his wife, maybe, or something like that. Maybe you save her from a car and then introduce her to Kev. Something like that has to happen for character arcs. Look at what won the die roll. I'm just gonna I'm gonna drag this over so everyone can actually see it. Like you're about to kill yourself, and Kev shows up and like knocks on the door and saves your life. Oh my god, that that has to happen. Uh, It's going to be. The uh, I'm not Kevin pick of the week apparently because that's what I rolled. I would have re-rolled. Moose. I gave him a loaded dice for you, but for what it's worth, for what dice. it's worth, I would have re-rolled on the one. 
is what it is. I clicked it three times for those that are picky about that kind of thing. So that's going to be the listener pick of the week. We've ran really, really long. We've got a, a weird – I kind of like the afternoon show. I'm not going to lie when it's possible. It's just not It's just not usually possible because I think everybody brought the energy today. It was fun. We've got a good weekend yeah, of games nice coming up. Good weekend of games coming up for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one and hopefully not getting completely bludgeoned anymore. I want to I try to get back into the green make up some of these early season losses thanks to Akali. I'm blaming Akali single-handedly for this one. So – that's going to be it for us, everybody. Um, we're going to get on out of here and come check out the esports department. If anything else, even if you don't want to sub, which you should do, by the way, just come hang out on the Discord. We have a great community, right? We have so many memes. The memes are flowing constantly, right? I've started grassing people at work. <laughs> I've started grassing people, like, ironically at work. And customers look at me like, what are you talking about? It's I like- grass <laughs> the wife. I grass. Yeah. It's just so strong. It's so, it's the best thing. Oh my god, grats, money for dogs. What else? What else we got? <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of things flowing around. Oh, Haro, me accidentally playing Haro in a two hundred and seventy-five dollar lineup the other day because I just can't separate him from Rogue Warriors, even though I talked about Ice Coke all day. <laughs> I still played Haro for some reason. Just donated that one. Look at you, so charitable, John. So charitable. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for us, guys. Everybody enjoy your week, and uh, have a good weekend. Have a good The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.